500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks, the enemies beware. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds you. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 129, we think, of Expand the Phantom podcast. Um, I'm Dan Fraser and tonight I'm joined by Jermaine Parker. How are you, Jermaine? Good, mate. Good, good. Um, Eagles are in the finals. Hawthorne's out of the finals. Lions are still in the right. finals. Yeah, at least for another week. Yep. Um, the Bulldogs are out as well. Carlton are down the bottom. It's all going pretty good. <laughs> a few drive-bys there. Um, yeah, Rich- absolutely. <laughs> Richmond. <laughs> <And> assault rifle. <laughs> yeah. um, we're, we're not going to get bogged down talking footy for too long, even though the two of us have both got teams in the finals. He who has got a team not in the finals is actually leaving the country. Um, he's so upset and he's not going to see any more September action. So September. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, Hawthorne fans have got thin skins, I tell you. Um, oh, they're, they're a bit precious, the older Hawthorne fans. <laughs> they have to go suck it. <laughs> no, <Although>, um, <laughs> Steve's off. Could be argued, yeah, could be argued that that might be a good thing, though, if they're out of the country, <laughs> the Hawthorne supporters. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Stephen's off to the Emerald Isle. He's off to the home of Lightning Strike Comics. Um, he's he's gone to find them himself uh, over in Ireland. Um, <laughs> sick of waiting for the shipment to come to Phantom's Vault. Stephen has, has gone over to pick him up in person. So um, he's off for a, a few weeks, and uh, we wish him all the best because it's uh, it's been a long, long year for for Stephen. We know, and uh, he's been really looking forward to this trip. So mm. happy Phantoming over in Ireland, Stephen. Yes, happy fandoming, and we uh, we want our comics, Stephen. Make sure you get them. <laughs> anyway, without any further ado, we'll bring in um, uh, Stephen East, number one, uh, Grange Wallace. <laughs> uh, step in for today, but uh, really delighted to uh, have you on the podcast, Grange. Um, Phantom cover artist for Fruit. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much, guys. Um, it's a pleasure to be here for, a, I suppose, a deep dive. Um, we've been on the podcast once before with you bikes and uh, I suppose we're settling in for a longer chat. I've got a cup of tea, bottle of water. Should be fun. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so that was, of course, the um, the preview to Supernova because you went and attended the, the free booth for the first time with um, how many? You've got four covers, three published and one coming. How many? Uh, I had two at the stage yep. um, when I was up, up there. Um, the Third one just came out a couple of weeks back. Um, that was 1844, The Slaves. The Slaves. Um, that's the one. Uh, if yeah. you're not watching us well on YouTube, done. you should be. You can now see the cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the just, one Dan, when you hold something up as a show and tell, you've got to speak at the same time so that way it goes to you. Uh, not on the video that I'm recording at this end, mate. All of the screens oh. are the same. <laughs> we did discuss that before the podcast. Jermaine was very happy. <laughs> no fancy yeah. editing feature today. No. <laughs> mate, you're on X-Men, the Phantom podcast. There's no fan- nothing fancy about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, fancy, right. but we're cheap. But yeah, um, 
sorry to get back to yeah so i'd only been two covers in so a lot of people didn't know who i was i don't think um and it was a really great experience i got to meet you guys hung out with um all the um good fandom fans um on friday night in sydney and then we had the the next two days after that together it was it was a ripping trip and it was my first com convention at all that I've ever worked on. I've been to them as a attendee. Uh, sorry, sorry, as like a guest, but not as a guest. You know, as an attendee. Yeah, that's <laughs> I had a rather time fan. That. But yeah, um, so yeah, it was it was great. I had a, I had a ball. I met um, a lot of great people. Took up some sketch covers, and they seemed to be pretty popular. And um, yeah, it was it was great. And all the guys um, from Fru were great, and obviously the Leaf Leaf Hawk Dallet. Um, uh, memorial dinner that that's a mouthful it really um, it that is, was, that, it was is. <laughs> that was really good so yeah it was, it was it was a great weekend um i think um i'm definitely going to make sure i um get back up there next next year i think oh, awesome. yeah once you once you kind of go once you kind of go once it's like yeah now this is what everyone's been talking about i want to go again and you usually make an excuse to go again so it's not yeah. surprising to hear that so a couple of questions just for the weekend uh, if you don't mind, um, uh, what time did you finish drinking on the Friday night, and uh, how did you pull up after that? I feel I feel like my reputation has been unfairly tarnished. I um, there was there was a, there was a few there was a few um, a few uh, premitigating factors that. So first of all, I decided to come and meet you guys, and and quickly it was eleven. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe eleven thirty. Yeah. So it's nothing. It's nothing outlandish. So I'm not no. sure what time that you have to get in the cot and have your <laughs> bottle. But um, yeah, with me, I think eleven thirty is quite respectable. Um, but I was actually a little bit nervous about coming out and seeing everybody because I hadn't, you know, generally speaking, outside of that day and speaking to you guys on the podcast at one time, I didn't really know anybody there outside of Trevor and um, David Buddy. Um, so. You know, there was a little bit of uh, anxiety and um, involved. So, not that I'm a terribly anxious person, but I was a little bit too nervous to eat. So, I didn't have any dinner. And then, when I was about to make tracks about ten o'clock or ten thirty, and Dan can correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, the delightful um, Bradley and Joy made it a late appearance. So, as I was leaving, I ended up buying Dan and I a drink, or Dan bought myself and I a drink, and then you know sat down with those two and kicked on for another hour. So I think coupled with no dinner, um, an extra couple of drinks that I wasn't intending to have, they just made me feel a little bit dusty the next day. <laughs> and and so I, if anything, I don't think that's the most, like I don't feel like I'm like um, Freddie Mercury or um, <laughs> anybody too crazy. No, it, it's not like, because um, the story is exactly as you told it. If, um, if we were rock stars, we would have left at 11.30 to kick on at the next place. And uh, that certainly <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's no marching powder. There's nothing, no, no, nothing too crazy except for a couple of beers and no dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree, Grange. I'm not. I can't believe that's the first story. That you ran five k's the next day, which I was impressed with. Yeah, well, I, I made promises to people that I was going to do that, and I regretted them for four and a half of those kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. I could definitely imagine. Uh, no, nah, it's all good. It's a, it's. Uh, I ha haven't come back from a uh, a Sydney weekend um, fighting fit and and uh, ready to go. You just you do have so much fun. You want to stay awake for as long as you possibly can. And um, yeah, there's no doubt that even Jermaine going to bed at nine thirty or quarter to ten, whatever it was, Germ, uh, when bedtime. Well, 
No, that that's not quite true because a bit earlier. Well, no, no, no. I was in bed by. Well, I was in bed by tennis, but I couldn't go to sleep because uh, you didn't have your card. So it was either I stay up, or you uh, bunked in with uh, Grange for the night, or down the corridor, or something. Oh, so, we would work something. Well, to be yet. fair, you had Winnie the Pooh and Tigger to keep yourself company. You know, I think you could as well. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh, nice mural, by the way, Jermaine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like um, uh, my, so I'm in my daughter's room at the moment, and I've got one on the other wall. So my stepfather painted uh, the, the mural. So it was the oldest. And then when she got a little bit older for it, it went to the next one. <laughs> So, um, yeah, she's in the other room, That's the bright good. pink room. Yeah. But no, so what, So, would you say that meeting people and, and, and stuff like that would be one of the highlights of, or, or the highlight of the weekend? Uh, well, double-edged sword. Some people were um, a, little, a, little, a little too, um, too crazy for me, and, and I mean that in the nicest of ways, where their phantom fandom knew no bounds and I was absolutely impressed, but I actually kind of felt like a bit of an amateur going up there and trying to talk <laughs> the fans to people. So yeah. um, meeting people was absolutely a delight. Um, I liked absolutely everybody I met. Um, I just couldn't um, keep mm. up with some people because some people have, you know, hard and fast rules about how the Phantom's supposed to be betrayed. Other people want to see, you know, some experimentation with um, the Phantom moving forward. And, you know, it was just a whirlwind. So, yeah. What I mean, if I'm saying anything at all, is that like I was kind of a little bit um, exhausted on a social level by having to keep up with everybody <laughs> yeah, and trying yeah. to remember everybody's name first of all because I, yeah. like, I, like if people are going to take the time to come out and see all the artists at the um, booth, the least I could do is try and remember everybody's name and you know keep the conversation going wherever I could. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of concentration and a few things like that, um, yeah. which I was yeah. actually surprised it really wore me out. Um, but in the best kind of way, like I was happy tired. It wasn't like I was sad. Yeah, yeah, people do, people do wear people out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that is a hard truth. Um, yeah. so the, can we, can we go back a little bit further than June, maybe Grange and, um, find out a little bit about when you first came in touch with the fan, because you're, you're younger than us. Jermaine likes to boast how young he is. You'd be a little bit younger than him. I reckon child of the early eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 early 80s, uh, 83. Um, He's the present. same age. There you go. And what, what month? Uh, December. Oh, damn, I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still the young one. Still a full uh, set of hair. <laughs> oh, wow. This guy. Yeah. I reckon um, do it. Yeah, well, uh, well <laughs> yeah, I suppose with the Phantom, um, the Phantom was always there, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Mm. It feels like a line from a song, but um, like the tie that Dan, you've got in your Phantom collection behind you on uh, your right hand side. My brother actually had that tie from a Davenport yeah, right. boxes combo thing from where we were kids. And um, I remember that, you know, so, and I remember it always being there at the comic book stands mm. in the, because um, I used to, like, my, what I used to do with my free time in the, in the uh, ease of the 80s where you could just like, Roam free um, before the days of Doc, Mr. Cruel or whatever his name was. Um, we, like I just walk up to the chemist when I was bored after school. I uh, sorry, not the chemist, the um, news agency when I was bored after school, and I'd not read the comics, but 
but I just look at the art because like initially like Superman was my gateway um, into into comics, um, like the Christopher Reeves movie, and then like that just like blew up my mind. And then when I found out mm. there was drawings to go along with the art, um, I started drawing Superman quite a lot. And then um, I remember getting a stack of Phantom comics as well um, from my dad because when I was a kid, I really wasn't into the whole reading um, thing. Like um, it took me a long, long time, you know, a few few years to to get into the reading and um, what, what my dad did was he got me a stack of comics and he's like, well, and then I'd be like pestering mum and dad to read them to me. And then they're like, oh, no, we don't know how to read them. You know, we don't know where to follow the speech bubbles around. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. So I played mum and dad. Know, I had, yeah, oh, it's yeah, yeah. like I, I told that story my dad's 50th and I got tracked up um, because I was just like, you know, that's pretty big, you know, like you got to get let your kids find their way in this world, I, yeah. I think. Um, you can't just gift them everything. So, like, reading for me was a, a hard, a hard one battle. Um, I, like, I'm still a pretty slow reader, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, so that was a really big thing for me. With comics, sort of, you know, they gave me access to reading. But then more, and because I was bored of it, trying to read, I'd be drawing the pictures more than I was reading them. Yeah. And then obviously, that's that's a, that's that's where I, we've ended up here. Like you can't see my room's not as neat as uh, Dan's, but Stoked. I've got a big collection in front of me, you know, yeah. that I'm always drawing off in reference. I've got four 18 inch Ninja Turtle figures here, a dinosaur, Iron Giant, Superman, Phantom's head, video game characters, toys just laying everywhere. I've got a Terminator here that I was using as a <laughs> reference. So, yeah. That, that makes complete sense to have all your reference mm. material in front of you rather than behind you. So we completely understand. <laughs> yeah. So are you in your studio now? Is this is this where you would normally do your Yeah, drawing? it's a temporary studio because uh, my wife and I are moving in uh, January. Um, so we're just, I'm sort of bunkered down in um, sort of a spare room and where we're living at the moment. It's got another desk, two computers on the floor. All my shipping stuff, footies, it's just, the place is a mess. <laughs> Tons of boxes to prepare for moving. Yeah. Uh, a storyboard I'm working on uh, on my own children's book and a few things oh. like that. So. Yeah, cool. And so are you, um, what, what's in front of you? Do you work on your computer or do you work pen and paper? Well, I do both, uh, depending on what the job does. Um, generally, you know, with budgets being what they are, um, traditional is a lot slower um like for certain things so like all my phantom covers to date have been um digital just because i've got a drawing screen which is this light here that you can see the blue light yeah um and then yep. i've got a laptop here my my computer was dying my big computer was dying um when i was flying up to sydney and then i was getting all the data taken off it yeah um, just as a precautionary step um and then when i got back a couple of weeks later i had to just find this old laptop and I'm going to really? invest in a new computer properly at the end of the year. But yeah, I just haven't had the time to think about getting a new computer because um, I'm in the middle of uh, footy cards. So I'm doing two sets of footy cards this year. And I'm doing so is that for next year? Yeah, for 2020. So yep. we're working on those now. Um, obviously, I can't talk about that because it's all secretive. Sure. Can I just ask one question? Just before you do, do you reckon there's much of a chance of hardcore AFL fans 
tuning into a fandom podcast and, and overhearing your... <laughs> I'll post it and we'll see what they think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> but everyone so, so, I'll be honest, if, yeah, I was just going to say, the fandom stuff doesn't really generate much traffic with my original crowd, the sports crowd. They're still like, what's this, what's this fandom stuff? Where's the... Give me my football team mascot. Yeah, Throw a picture of my favourite player. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So how, what happens if, say, like, a player that you do, so let's just, I don't know, uh, and then they switch clubs or something like that because you're doing images and, and and drawings and stuff like that before they've even started next year. So and there's a lot more players that get traded this year than what they used to. Yeah, well, um, it's not uncommon for me to draw maybe one or two players per each club um, because of that sort of scenario. Like, yeah. um, like without getting specific, they. My car, the cards that I do for AFL Team Coach, the Star Wilds, for example, they're the rarest ones of the cards. Um, and then there's extra rare ones within that set. So there's the Star Wilds, which is one of 18 clubs, one player per club. Yeah. Then there's um, this Trophy Star Wilds. And it's usually they try and marry up like the player that won the Brownlow for Club X, plus yeah. the guy who got the Coleman, Nab Rising Star. Or whatever else. Sure. Yeah. So, so they don't. They don't usually. They would don't usually. I guess switch clubs, but you wouldn't do someone like an Eddie Betts, for example, for Adelaide, because the chances are you, he's you're not really sure whether he's going to be staying or going. Yeah. Yeah. So like we avoid those players generally, like the ones yeah. that have already been heavily linked to can other clubs. Any examples from last year? Obviously, you can't talk about this year's um, work, but can you give us any examples? Um, Gold Coast for uh, so Gold Coast. Um, It'd be hard to find any club, we, any player from there, wouldn't it? Who's uh, yeah, it's hard to pull them out of that club. <laughs> uh, but to be honest with you, like, like all the what I'm about to say aside, like I actually want the Gold Coast to be successful, and mm. I mm. really like if you look at what's happening with the Giants. Fair enough, they got a better setup, like a launch into the into the league. But once they get, you know, things can move quickly. I mean, Brisbane was a basket case two years ago. Carlton was yeah. like the same two years ago. Even if some people were saying at the start of this year. So, like, yeah. I do think that that can change. They've just got to get the culture right, and I think yeah. if they get Berg on yeah. and a few things like that, it'll be it'll be good. But yeah. like, there was a small, quick little rumor about David Swallow moving on. And we had pegged him from the start as being like the person that we're going to do. Sure. Yeah, so then yeah. we held off on him and waited till the end of the trade period. And there was a few delays and we changed the Bulldogs guy player a couple of times. We've changed Geelong a couple of times. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's just, it's... It, it, it runs around with it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me too much. It's just, I've got to try and get another card. Sometimes it's hard on the deadline, so you've yeah. got to get it done really quickly. Yeah. But would you? I, I don't because you've only you've only you've been doing those for two, three years now. The cards. I'm on my third set now, and third I'm doing set. an extra set, uh, a new series within the set, which yep. is um, okay. going to be more available, which I can't discuss. Sure. Yeah. So would you doing it all digitally? If you had been doing the cards back when um, Buddy left Hawthorne, could you have simply changed jerseys and made him the Sydney card? Yes. So I, I draw all the, um, the, the, so I basically draw all the players in a bare grey top, yep. and then yep. you know because we don't put too many of the logos and sponsor logos because they can change and that that's yep. pre- unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I think it actually dates the cards as well. Yes. So like they're the, more classic looked, if they're the pure jersey. Yeah, and just the AFL logo. Yeah. So if they update the AFL logo in the future, then, you know, obviously they'll date it. But outside of that, they should all 
sorry, I'm just looking because the team and team coach, they're really great. And they framed to the first set that I did. And I'm hoping they do it again this year. Hopefully they cool. do this. Um, but yeah, it's just like looking at them now, like, I think I like like there's a couple of already players I've moved like Dames Means was Brisbane and then he's gone back to Collingwood. Yeah. Tom Lynch obviously from the Suns and then um Dale House for the Bulldogs. So like all You're of those. The kiss of death. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? You're the kiss of death, the kiss of trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe there was a fair few in that. But the thing is like it's 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 kinda cool because that kind of dates the cards but at the same yeah, time yeah. in a nice way yeah yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. looking back any, so, over any yeah. collectible whether it's footy cards or phantom stuff like the the changing logos the old the old afl logo which was more crest shaped than the current oval yeah yeah it's you know, that's that's late 90s stuff and i'm really proud of wearing my uh, brisbane lions jersey with that on it because it shows i was a fan 20 years ago before, before all these bandwagoners yeah i got one of those um new heritage One's for Carlton, and it's got the old um, yeah. AFL crest on it too. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, not wanting to focus too much on the AFL, um, last question about the cards for me. Do you have like um, uh, like certain players or, or certain attributes to players that you find more fun to draw? Like, is it, say, for instance, like dreadlocks with Nick Nananui or... Um, uh, who's that Essendon guy? Or do you, you know, do you have like certain attributes that you prefer to draw? Are they more fun than others? Yeah, well, Nick Nat's obviously a visual character. Like, like I see him with his dreadlocks, and he remind, and he's so, and in the way he hunts the ball, he reminds me of the Predator. Like, yeah, I've yeah. always wanted to sort yeah, of yeah, draw yeah. a mashup of like him in like a Predator costume with like an eagle skull like looking motif going on, but. Um, yeah, like, I've, like it's not just because I'm a Carlton fan, I'm sure. But I've drawn Patrick Cripps a few times and he's fun just because, like, I feel like I'm just drawing, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Carlton jersey. Um, <laughs> and, he's, and, he, and he's got, like, a good classic, you know, Captain America kind of look to him. Yeah. And, you know, like, and, he, and he's a really nice guy too. So, mm. you know, I, I, I like, I like, I've always liked my character, my, um, my heroes be, you know, sport, movies, comics, wherever, to sort of be like that strong silent type, you know, noble guy that always, you know, grits his teeth and does the does the hard thing that's not always necessarily the easiest thing. Yeah. And he's so like we, Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say we could almost use that as a segue to get back to the phantom. Right? Yeah, I'll yeah, take it. <laughs> I was a phantom, and James said he had one last question about cards. I've got one last question about um, footy drawings. Um, we're recording this only two days, three days after the news about Danny Frawley dying. And mm. uh, I don't share a lot of things on Facebook at all, but I had to share your picture of, uh, of Spud Frawley that you either published that night or early the next morning. Um, well, well, to be fair, that's just a happy coincidence that everyone saw Spud Frawley into it. Like that's an old drawing from 2016, I think. Right, okay. Um, okay. Well, but, that was going to be part of my question was how quick did you whip that up? But. Yeah, so I didn't draw that um, within the time. Yeah, um, yeah. I did do a really simple picture of Lou Richards after he passed because I had a really good thing with Lou Richards um, with Saturday morning, Saturday footy show and the, the handball segment. I used to love that. Hmm. Um, so I drew a little sketch of that. But with, um, with, with Spud Frawley, I think when I drew that picture, I was sort of putting Nathan Brown, him, um, is it Nathan Brown? Anyway, yeah, like Nathan I sort of Burke. Pack- Nathan, Nathan Burke, Burke. That's it. Sorry, I was like packaging through like my favourite Saints players from yesteryear, 
Yeah. So he was definitely somebody I looked at. I was looking at Ringwald as well. And so he's a combination of a few Saints players. Right. And yep. the thing that I like about the Saints, um, you know, when they're not, is that they are a tough and rolling team. Like it's always going to be their year eventually. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. you know they, they roll with the punches. Uh, and they, you every, know, every Saints fan listening to this has just rolled over and cried because they know it's true. <laughs> no, but the thing is, they're like the Bulldogs. They're going to get their day. Like, yes, it's yeah, have to sure. happen one day. Like they're not a weak oh. club in the sense that they're going to die. They had it sixty odd years ago. Sorry, I had it sixty years ago. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it'll come again. I mean, like even Ross Lyon, I mean, he was a kick away from being a premiership coach. But like the thing that I like about um, the Saints is that, you know, St Kilda as a Melbourneian, St Kilda is a rough side of town. It's not it's not necessarily like, yeah, it's got a bay and it's mm. got a beach. It's not that pretty. And it's still got a bit of a seedy underbelly. And I mean that with all, all due respect because it's got a lot of great art culture and stuff. But it is a bit of a sort of a backroom, barroom, brawler sort of character. True. And I think that, you know, Danny Froehly was a, you know, big strapping country guy from Ballarat area. And yeah, I I think it suits, like that picture suits him. Because, you know, like he was a tough guy, but he was, you know, battling his own demons. And um, And I'm actually quite sad that he passed away because I I really, I really liked him on the Mm. radio. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, yep. no, and um, we, yeah, I, I was shattered when I heard the news. I think every football fan was. Um, mm. He just uh, he was part of the fabric, um, no Absolutely. matter which club you supported. So, Yeah, he's a real football person. You know, there's a few players here, there, and everywhere that transcend their, um, the club that they play for, and you end up liking them so much you forget who they play for, and they just become yeah. football people. Yeah. And he was definitely at the top of that list. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that was... Uh, the, the, Vale, vale um, Danny Frawley, but that was a terrible segue back to the fandom. Jermaine's one was much, much better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Happy fantasy, everybody. Thanks, Joe Grange, for joining us on our football podcast. Yeah. <laughs> wow. um, so let, uh, let's go back to your, your journey with the character then. You talked about um, mm. 20 minutes ago, I guess, before we got our So how, yeah, how did um, you get the gig? No, I'm getting to that, Jerm. I'm not oh, going that far. All right. <laughs> Phantom okay. movie. You must have been right in the the right age group to get along and see the Phantom film in cinemas. Well, yeah, much like um, Sammy J, you know, I got lowered in by the um, the the, uh, the show show bags. Um, excuse me, a couple of teas are not agreeing with me, but um, <laughs> it's a digestive too. Who knew? Um, but the yeah, so like I just always had Phantom stuff around. Like I was either getting it here willy nilly from like. The news agency. Um, I used a lot like watching the um, Defenders of the Earth cartoon. I was big into cartoons, big into toys as well, and I always wanted the Phantom figure, which I finally got one off um, Duncan Murray. Shout out to Duncan. Um, we did a swap there for a sketch cover and a figure um, at Supernova, which was a, a good deal for him. The figure's not as good <laughs> as I thought it was going to be. It's real eighties. <laughs> Is it, the, um, is it the one with the figure on the back? So you punch oh it? man, that stick is so long too. It's like, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a nail. Um, well, but the good thing is, is we are going to get a decent phantom figure yes. in the next six to eight months. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. I actually got in contact with um, Big Fist Studios. It's Big Fist Studios, right? Boss Fight. Um, Big Boss Fight. 
Yeah, because um, I was like so excited and I've always wanted to design a phantom figure. And I was like, please let me help you do some concept art. And uh, he's like, yeah, thanks. But, you know, we've got artists already. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you need me, I'm here. Uh, but, yeah, no, so basically the two things happened for me to get the job. Um, and I was sort of like, you know, I hate to be one of these people who uses the word serendipitous, but um, it seems like something that an astrologist reader would re- say. But, like... I've seen Jamie, I don't know how Jamie Johnson and I became connected on Facebook. Um, we just were somehow. And then I was just seeing him doing all these Phantom stuff and Batman stuff and then releasing Phantom covers and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, there's, there's a Phantom comic here in Australia. And I was like, why aren't I doing Phantom work anymore? Like, sorry, Phantom work, comic book work anymore. I went to Comic-Con in 2012 and sort of fell out of love with the industry because I was just like seeing all this talent just put in this room doing artist alley just like killing themselves at home doing the work to get into the comic books probably not getting paid as much as they needed to be getting paid to earn a decent living and then having to go to all these events and just like selling their wares yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that like I don't think there's anything wrong with it but at that time in my life I was like that's not for me so I came home to Australia and I was like, okay, what do you do with the skill set of drawing muscle men and women? And, you know, like, how am I going to make a career out of that? And that's when I diverged and went into sport because I always loved the 80s mascots for AFL. Sorry to get back to the AFL. Yeah. But then I sort of gave away comics as an ambition. And then, like, I was seeing, looking at myself and I was looking at my work and I was like, okay, so I'm making a, a decent living here, but I'm not making a full living like I might have two or three days a week you know every you know two maybe one or two weeks a month where I didn't have any work on so like that's a big shortfall that could be almost mm. like a, a whole week where, without work were you and, you know you it's have nice to job at the time to supplement the art or did Sorry? you did you have another job part-time or something no, no, like no, that no. I've been working for way? myself for seven years yeah right but, oh wow um like and 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 I had a I had a I had a bit of a health um, setback a couple of years ago that really sort of took me. It's taken me about eighteen months to get my career back to where it was before I got sick. Um, but you know, like I do storyboarding, like um, I do a little, like tiny little bit of story, not storyboarding, not much. I um I, I don't have the, the this deal for it, but um, like I've just been working in advertising and a few different things here, there, and everywhere, and you know, just design and stuff. And it's been enough to prop me up and my wife for the last couple of years. But then I was still thinking, you know, there's a couple of days here, here and there that need to be filled. And I was like, why aren't I doing comic book work? And I saw Jamie doing his work. And then um, Darren Close, who um, runs this um, drawing weekly challenge where um, it's just basically draw a picture of a superhero that's nominated by Oz Comics on Facebook. So if you can look that up. And he did one for the Phantom. And I was like, I'll just draw a picture of Phantom. And then I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm like, I haven't drawn a picture of Phantom in forever. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then I was like, you know what? That's, that's, that's pretty good. I'm like, I feel good about it. It was like the Phantom sort of sneaking um, in a forest that was lit by, you know, firelight. Like it was either like going to danger or like stalking people that were running away from danger. I don't know what it was. It was, but I liked it. It was moody. And then I ended up, Going up the road that uh, that morning after I'd finished the piece, and got got the latest issue of the Phantom, and then got all the and then read it and really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh man, I've forgotten about the Phantom like for a couple of years. Like I was been out of the yeah, yeah. 
out of the jungle. And then I really, really enjoyed it. And then I got all their contact details. So I ended up emailing Dudley um, and said, G'day, Dad. this is me. This is who I am. This is a picture I've drawn of the Phantom. I'd love to do a cover, yada, yada, yada. And I've been messaging Jamie about it as well and asking him, you know, what's the deal? And he was like saying, you yeah, know, they're good blokes. Rah, rah, rah. So, yeah, then a couple of weeks went by maybe and no, no answer. So then I ended up calling him directly and I said, oh, can I speak to Fru? Uh, sorry, to Dudley at Fru. And then they were like, put me straight through to him, you know, straight to the editor. And I was like, oh, this, this is a lot easier than when I was dealing with the football clubs. But um, And then I ended up having a really nice chat to Dudley for um, a few moments. And um, he said, look, you know, give me a couple of weeks. And he said, we really liked your stuff. And I'm glad that you called because, to be honest with you, I might not have gotten back to you because, you know, like the emails coming in and out. Um, you know, you might have just gotten fallen back into the back catalogue. And then they ended up a couple of weeks later giving me my first issue. Uh, which was the stone carving people and I really kind of liked the story for what it was. Thank yep. you kindly, Dan. <laughs> um, Here's one I prepared earlier, or you did. <laughs> way earlier. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then yeah, that was the that was my first issue. And it went through the pipeline, you know, got approved, got printed, and there I was as a new phantom cover artist. And so yeah. That was what March, April this year, August last year. Oh, August last year. Oh, the, I'm thinking of the second one, which was yeah. So uh, the second, oh, the second one, not, not so Dan, not so Dan. <laughs> Actually, it was the last one? No, the second one, November, and then the first one. So the, the, I, the I'm just last... making it up. I'm just I'm just looking for an excuse to hold these up. To be honest, oh, <laughs> yeah. So that one was a bit of fun. Um, and you've actually bought the poster for that. I've just noticed it's in your, it's on your wall back there. Yeah, other side. Yeah. Um, so originally, when we color it, when I colored it, because you know, fire dragon, you'd think you make it red. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up not liking it, especially because I thought it was going to kill the the Phantom's logo. And then we ended up doing yeah. this sort of cool color scheme to it, and I actually think I like, I prefer it a lot more. The red yeah. or the blue? It's more like a shadow creature now. But yeah. I liked it because I was just trying to make it look like it, you know, like a 1950s um, pulp hero, you know, you know, mm. I, obviously I said 50s, which predates James Bond, but, you know, like one of those classic, you know, film well, noir sort it, of things. I remember um, there was, well, certainly from myself, there was so much uh, talk about this cover in particular. I was certainly involved in a lot of conversation about these. Just the, it's like not much we've ever seen before on a Phantom. Mm. Um, the, it reminds me of a, of a um, of it. yeah. It reminds me of um, what's that? Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. When I see that cover, the one that Dan's holding up, which is what issue number is that one, Dan? Eighteen thirty-four. Eighteen thirty-four. Um, yeah, it reminds because I guess a lot of it's because there's a green chick and there's a green. Yeah, chick and, like, um, yeah. I didn't mean to be rude, but yeah, like I was just like it feels kind of a little bit like superficial to the. To, just because of the green chick, but like I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. And it's a very fair connection, but I think it's because yeah. I was like pouring over the images that are in the actual comic himself. Yeah, and yeah. I was just thinking, you know, like there's this main chick who looks like um, uh, Elvira or um, uh, the the mother from the um, monster, the monster family, the monster oh. family. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like going for that sort of like green sort of gothic look. And then I'm like, it doesn't feel future space agey to me. So like that just 
that's the the frustrating thing about an artist where like people say stuff and you're like but you don't know what i was doing that you don't know understand my internal monologue when i was creating that yeah, yeah, yeah. so far anyway sorry yeah. so i apologize for me being a little defensive but yeah um well, I, I, as I said, I love the lighting of it, and I, you can anyone who's watching us on YouTube at about the I don't know what thirty-four minute mark or whatever it is since we started recording. Um, I do have the poster frame there behind me, and I actually went over and adjusted it a couple of times once I turned the um, video on to get the glare off the off the frame. And I did it two or three times before I realised that wasn't glare coming from a light. That was the light from with from the from the photo. <laughs> From the, from the image because <laughs> like, it's so bright it just pops off the poster so much mm. I thought it was a reflection of a lot yeah I've actually got one right up on the desk behind me I've uh, been meaning to get a get a oh, frame yeah. for it as well um, but yeah I look I don't even know where I got onto lightning from like it just started to be something I really just love doing yeah. Like yeah. making things, you know, backlit and a bit more dynamic, you know, like classic 80s movie posters. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we grew up in an era where movie posters were still being drawn and drawn beautifully. And, you know, yeah. Hollywood's actually going back and trying to recapture our nostalgia for it. I mean, if you look mm -hmm. at great TV shows on Netflix like uh, Stranger Things, you know, those new posters a very artistic like baby driver um the han solo star wars movie and you know they've all gone back to that drawing style yeah. and it's something that you know it's something i'm pushing for in my own art is have you that. ever seen um drew strazan's take on the phantom film poster uh i probably have but here's the name that i was trying to think of when i was trying to give my answer and i was like yeah i always forget it yeah I'm right remembering artists names i have to like google their art yep what i know it for but yeah yeah. Um, his work, he, he, he was the beast back in the yes. 80s and, you know, he did the Goonies, he did Star Wars, he did, sorry, not Star Wars, um, Back to the Future ones, which I love. And, yeah, he's, uh, I'm probably sure that I've seen The Phantom 1. I'd, I'm going to go and check it out after this. And there might even be two, is there, Jermaine? Two versions? Uh, yeah, there's two versions. Yeah. Fine, I'll look it up. There's a, <laughs> there is an article about him on chroniclechamber.com if you're... <laughs> Yeah. probably be my first hit <laughs> <laughs> so when you do your art that's the style that you're or when you do your phantom covers that's the style that you're going for the the movie poster look the, the true true stand look and stuff like that yeah absolutely um yeah so the thing that i'm always trying to do is like is it so i've got some more phantom covers coming i haven't started yeah. them yet but I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a little bit of a war with myself in terms of how I'm going to go about it. So I've been given the four, um, sorry, I've been given the issues that I'm going to be drawing um, for reference, and I've just had, a, I haven't had a chance to really look into it. I've just been flicking through them, but I've been speaking to a couple of people. Like John Cook was saying to me at um, John Cookson, sorry, was talking to me at um, Supernova, and he was like, you know. If you didn't work digitally, there's a massive market in yeah. drawing them traditionally. Yeah, and he, he wants to John. buy one off you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I wouldn't he's, say no, he's, but... He's got one of the biggest phantom art collections in the world. So, um, yeah. But no, he's right. Yeah, it's just... It's something I want to do traditionally. Like, I'm not scared of doing them traditionally. I, I feel like I've had a bit of success 
with the range of um, sketch covers that I've done. So like yeah. drawing traditionally is not a, a, a phobia of mine. But in terms of the budget per issue um, for what you get for the cover versus what I can do digitally in terms of the speed, the lack of worry about breaking, you know, the art traditionally. Although like I'm trying to decide whether I do the next series of covers that I'm doing traditionally or digitally. Yeah. Um, it's just... What, what is the time difference? Hours. Like, honestly, So are we talking about 10, 20 hours or five hours or two hours? Um, well, a smart artist never tells you how quickly it takes them to do something because <laughs> it affects their billing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but <laughs> would it be twice as long? <laughs> yeah, I would say it's be, it could be, you know, I really, I really don't know. Like, I don't, because I've never done the same volume like i've never hit a traditional artwork at the same specs as you know those covers right. so like i've never you know gone in there and painted them with the whites and the highlights and you know color matched everything like yeah i'd imagine that it would probably be a ratio of one to three like yeah. well like i reckon tr traditional if i did it and hit the same quality I reckon I'll be working three times as long. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not getting three times the price for it, then it's not worth yeah. your time. And like, obviously, you know, there, there is the, the, the original art sale, you know, which yeah. I can take into account. But at the same time, not everyone's going to buy the original art, but everyone's going to buy the comic. So for me, I feel almost duty bound to deliver my best possible outcome yep. um, for everybody, opposed to just lining my own pocket, uh, yeah. pocket um, which, you know, makes the sketch covers a great, you know, way to get original yeah, art and exactly. other things. But the thing is, I also want to challenge myself with doing traditionally. So, like, I'm I'm splitting hairs at it at the moment. I've got a, I've got like I didn't. Oh, so I'm in the middle of three board game. I'm illustrating three board games, um, four covers. Shit, sorry, I let that go. And two series of um, footy cards that. at the moment. So to be honest with you, I'm a little bit stressed. Um, yeah. Just when I like. I'm thinking about my work. So <laughs> once I get through the footy stuff and the two board games, I'll, the three board games, I'll, I'll probably tackle the Phantom because it's not due until mm. next year. So yeah, right. yeah. Oh wow! So through that far ahead, that's pretty cool. Um, well, just because I sort of lobbied them um, at uh, the Lee Fork Memorial dinner for a few things, like I wanted it, like. I think it's important. No, like I am a freelancer. I understand that, but I think it's really good to have um, goals with any of your employees, even as a freelancer. Yep. Um, so I did sort of ask them for the potential of doing a complete cover set for like one storyline. Um, and it's not official just yet. And uh, we're well, hoping... Yeah. We're hoping that Don't, I'll do a series of yeah. covers that might interconnect or have some overlay yeah. and overplay. So, okay. yeah, yeah. Don't so say what you what can't. Yeah. Don't don't say what you are. You know what you're not allowed to say. Don't want, don't want you to yeah. get into trouble. Look, <laughs> I'm hoping that my relationship yeah. with um, Glenn Dudley and um, the Fru Crew is at a good point now. Um, my last two covers have gone through some heavy revisions. Um, because I've had to draw people with um, various backgrounds. So like the last cover that you held up with the speech bubble, that was changed quite heavily because um, originally in the story, um, the person that takes, who, who's um, taking action with the Phantom 
they were worried that the fandom, the way I drew him, because, you know, I'm thinking these guys are in a trench. They're about to bomb a gate to liberate some slaves. Mm. They're probably not laughing. <laughs> and they're probably yeah, yeah. not terribly happy. If anything, they'll be pretty intense looking even for the yeah. Phantom. So I had that, I was trying to capture, capture that sort of fear. So the Phantom's actually got a much more neutral expression. The guy in the middle didn't change, but the guy that's carrying the bomb, he changed heavily because his appearance is quite different with inside the book. So, you know, yep. you've got to obviously be aware of the client. You're drawing a character that's um, got a few inf- infamous uh, traits to, you know, like his background and the way he's interpreted by some people. So I've had to, you know, tone down some of the things that I've done. And then my new cover, which you haven't seen yet, there's some, um, some, 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 um, some children in the cover that are actually quite, um, you know, like they're slave children. So it's very much like the Indian Jones Temple of Doom sort of set up. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I was thinking of when I was drawing it. Um, and they were worried that I drew them a little too emaciated. So I had to sort of fatten okay. them up. Oh. So, but because of, because of that yeah. back and forth with Dudley and, and sitting next to Dudley at the, at the memorial dinner, I feel, and Glenn, I've been speaking to him a lot more lately and I feel like yeah. we've got a, a, a lot better relationship. And I really, you know, yeah. like I'm really um, grateful to, for them all. Um, to you know, take a chance on a new artists, and um, yeah, they're so good. Yeah, yeah. in the can, a few more How's coming it, hopefully. Without um, you know, spoiling relationship secrets or anything like that. How do you, how do you as a as an artist um, respond to that sort of constructive criticism about, or, or, or I guess direction from the um, from the editorial Editors. team? Yeah. To well, say, like. The, the, the people at King Features were absolutely, you know, bang on with um, what they had to say. And generally speaking, criticism is not easy to take, but what mm. it's important for is every time that you get, especially if it's good criticism as well, you always get a stronger product at the end. Like sometimes yeah. you just want to finish your job and like, you know, wring your hands, like throw the water <laughs> off and just like move on to the next job. But some of those jobs where you're really grinding to get it to the end and there's, you know, like three or four little revisions and then one that comes like half a month later, you end up yeah. getting a better product in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one that, you know, it works better for the brand, works better for, you know, the collector and all that sort of stuff. But generally speaking, I was a little upset initially because I was worried that they thought that I was... Um, they were worried that the, the way I drew um, some of the features on some of the people that were with, you know, a different um, background, they were mistaking things that I do stylistically in terms of the way I proportionate a human body, you know, like yeah. I do thin wrists and big hands because I've got thin wrists and big hands. Um, and I sort of, like I'll, my favourite sort of physical body type for a superhero look is like the American basketball style, um, you know, like where everything's sort of like, round and super athletic mm-hmm. i'm not massive on the massive butt more muscles, more lanky but um yeah i like I was, like yeah super athletic so like they interpreted some of my stylistic choices and they'll like but they're more worried about the way everybody would interpret it rather than just yeah. themselves and that sort of thing so you know like and we live balance. we live in a lot more of a snowflake generation these days than what we used to yeah. I was going. I was looking at a fruit cover the other day, and there's the Phantom 
strangling a native. <laughs> you know, that would not go today. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know that you necessarily need to be a snowflake to find that um, unsavoury. Uh, yeah. you, cert- you certainly couldn't publish something new looking like that today, and there's, well, that's probably fair enough too. Well, I think, I think, I think what it is is I was listening to um, Bill Burr and uh, Joe Rogan going at it on uh, the Rogan podcast, and I think what we're, we're experiencing now is the outrage thing which is going to exhaust because you can't be outraged about everything. Everyone's rushing on the internet mm. to like flame somebody or tear someone's career down and all that sort of stuff. But like, I think, you know, like what somebody interprets as racist, sexist or all those things, they, they're definitely granted, but I just feel like that people are just putting on way too much pepper. I mean, yep. you know, like you see yeah. with like footballers or, you know, like, mental health is the biggest thing in the game right now. It's because of the way people talk to them and the abuse that people yeah. think that it's yeah, yeah. fair to throw out these professional athletes that at the end of the day, they're still human. They're, yeah. they're working a job and they're hoping for the best. And, they're and in they a have success. days when they don't perform at their best or for whatever yeah. reason. It could be, you know, could be yeah. their mum's, you know, their mum's sick or their, you know, they've got Anything. health problems with their children or, or, or whatever. So, yeah, no. And I even have that with my own art. Like I remember like I've yeah. drawn some pictures and I'm being like, you know, I've been upset about something or I've had something, you know, really on my mind. And then I look at yeah. the art and I'm like, God, I hate this. And I'm like, but you know, the deadlines today, I'll see what they think. And they're like, great, loved it. And then you're like, you're like, oh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate that. And then yeah. like, you know, like, I can't believe they liked it. And then you like double check a few days later when you're feeling better and you're like, you sure you really like it? And they're like, yeah, no, we love it. I'm like, all right. And then you come back to it a couple of weeks later and you're like, actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> so, you know, we, and, and, and like I've had some people like just say outlandishly cruel things um, about my yep. work. Like um, I did, when the first footy cards came out, um, we did um, uh, Kennedy for West Coast. There you go. And um, somebody said on the, um, the team coach footy card Facebook page saying, oh my God, this artist is the worst. He should get the sack and whoever approved it should get the sack. And um, my kid could do better and rah, 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 rah. And I was just like, mate, well, I clicked on the photo and had a look at him. I'm like, mate, do you want me to come down to your coal mine and try and get you fired? Like, yeah. like it just, it was just unnecessarily yeah. cruel. Like he doesn't see the person on the other side of the thing, but he, like, no. he, he attacked me. He, took, he attacked a, a skill that I've been working on for 30 years. Um, he attacked um, Trish, a colleague of mine, who's really dear to me, and she's, really, you know, yeah, just, just banal yeah. stuff. So people, people on Facebook are real, are real people. You know, who they're talking to are real human beings, and people tend to forget that. Yeah, and I think like this whole outrage thing, people are just going to simmer down. And the thing is, if yeah. everyone's racing to be outraged about something, yeah. um, God, we've gone into a deep conversation here. That um, you get exhausted. And I know yeah. myself, like I've actually started tuning out of a lot of stuff just to keep myself going yeah. with my own daily grind. Yeah. I'm more worried about keeping myself, yeah. my family and my loved ones taken care of and yeah. just focus on what you can control, which is that. Yeah. So yeah. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it happens even in the phantom community as well where you have Muppets um, that you know, like to try and be a bit of a hero. Oh, I yeah, guess like it who? happens any, any names? Uh, yeah, I'll, Jackie, I'll, I'll tell you. Ready, ready, ready. Dan, start beeping. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Trying and, hard to and, alienate 5% of our audience. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, one question I would love 
to be able to ask you is what's your process? So when Free or when Dudley gives you a cover, uh, what, what, how does it, what's the process from start to finish? Obviously, it doesn't need to be as, you know, uh, like just a general or, like, you know, do you get a comic and then do you read it? Do you, how do you choose what you draw? And... Uh, generally, it starts with a phone call of me on the end of my bed crying, saying, hey, man, I need some work. No, I'm <laughs> um, no it's uh, <laughs> generally I'm just, uh, I'm working away. I get an email from Dudley and I drop whatever I'm doing. Because, uh, these are the, like a lot of the stuff that I work on is quite structured. Um, yeah. in terms of, you know, it's got to look like this person, it's got to fit yeah. this brief and, you know, it's very, it's almost controlled to an nth degree. Whereas, except for that, that, like, generally speaking, I get an email with a PDF, a low-read PDF of a terribly translated Scandinavian story, <laughs> which has been done through Google Translate or something. Like, the Phantom's not even called the Phantom, he's called the Spirit, the Ghost, he's called, like, multiple yeah, different yeah. things, you know, like, yeah, so just the, you know, the entity, and then so like I go through and read this um, this uh, poor, poorly written version of the comic before you get your polished written yeah. version, and I have to make sense of the story, and then I go through and go, okay, that's some interesting imagery. I like this scene. This scene to, speaks to me. Like, for example, my very first cover, um, which I've got one here. Sorry. Uh, fun bit of trivia. This is actually the unfinished artwork that was printed. But I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. For the slides. Um, <laughs> so with yeah. this one here, I was going through this whole comic on uh, on a PDF, and I was like, okay, there's a lot of cool imagery. There's the skull head, um, phantom head peak. Um, I didn't really find too much in the contemporary part of the story where, because this is a, a a chronicle chamber of a journey story mm. and this whole bit where this phantom who i'm not 100 percent sure which one he is but he's got like the the captain america style um cuffed boots and it's not above the knee so he's obviously like he's somewhere after the third phantom i reckon anyway so he is if you can see it here he's jumping out of um a kayak crawling with the um swamp pirates who are trying to yeah Take down the um, the stone carving people, which were the famous sculpting tribe of the the jungle. So we're on page the, ten for anyone who's, who's jumped up and grabbed um, issue eighteen twenty two, the stone carving people. Reading along, <laughs> came late, but yeah. So I was like, okay, how how can I take all that? And I was like, the most interesting part is when the phantom launches out of the boat and hits him. And yeah, so then I try to draw the pirates as um, correctly as I could find the pirates in the comic, and then make them my own. Style, put in a um, stone carving person and then just put in a sketch, sent that off to Glenn. Glenn came back with some notes about um, the positioning of the Phantom's arms and a few things like that saying, you know, the foreshadowing was good, but it could be a little bit more improved. Rah, rah, rah. So I got all the line work up and then I just went for it and um, submitted a grey, black and white version and then sent that off to um, Dudley, uh, sorry, Glenn Coloured and he's like, great, love it. And yeah, and that's Simple it. That. And it's pretty much the same. Um, I actually on my website, which is just Grange Wallace. Wallace is spelled W A L L I for Ivan S for Sam. dot com. There's a portfolio page um, on my website, and the Phantom covers, the first two at least, are actually there, and it shows you my um, initial 
pencils, like a better description because it's just yeah. drawn with my stylus on my screen here. But um, yeah, it shows you like the initial picture that I sent to, to um, the crew, the fruit crew. And then it shows um, how I built it up because I paint black and white because it's very important to get, because of the way I do my lighting and structure my lighting, I've got to know where the, the whites have to be white, white and yep. the darks need yes. to be dark. And then I color on top of that. And, and Copics markers, um, which I like using, can do this as well. You can actually grayscale the whole thing and then color over it. And I do the same thing digitally. So right. just put a few color layers on and bring all the light and stuff into it. Yeah, right. I hope that answers cool. the question. It's a complicated process. I try to break it down as quickly as I could. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's good. It's just, <laughs> that's, um, uh, that's really good, actually. That's um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just interesting. Like, what I find interesting is, you know, you get the whole comic and then finding, you know, from the whole comic you're getting a cover and stuff like that. So it's just interesting being a bit of an insight yeah, to the, pro the process. I don't know how else they could do it. Like, obviously I've come in, I've come in late, but mm. um, the way they, I'm sure that they've had processes with artists going, yeah, I can recreate this cover, but what am I doing here? Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happens in the story. Who's the girl? And, What's she related to the Phantom? So I think it's just easier. It's yeah. like, you go do your thing after you read the comic. Yeah. And you know what's... Because at the end of the day, what I'm getting paid for, besides my drawing, is I've got to sell the issue. I've got to make it look yes. exciting. I've got yeah. to make it look um, like something that people are dying to, you know, pick up and read. And, like, that's the reason I'm a commercial artist. I actually spend time and energy on advertising my work. Yeah. To advertise. Yeah. Whatever the product is, so yeah, I think um, being able to read the story is critical. It's crucial. Yep. So I couldn't think of being. Able, I don't. I don't think I could do this job if they just sent me like pictures of all the characters that were in the book and said, yeah. "Just make yep. something exciting happen." Probably the uh, most prolific fruit cover artist is Tommy Hughes, and uh, for, well, when, when did he go from like the fifties through to the eighties or something like that? Mm. Um, you know, and uh, very few of those covers would have been um, story specific. Uh, they're all just sort of one-off pictures that uh, I guess are a bit like the sketch covers um, mm. uh, in the sense of you, you could just draw whatever you like and then he um, turns them in, you know, through just picked them up and, and published them as, as covers. Mm. Um, would it be easier for you if that was the, if that was the brief? Just you know, draw a Swanee sketch covers, draw, draw a one-off Phantom sketch that you enjoy and then they'll slap that on a cover. Um, no, not really. Because, um, look, I'll be honest with you. So the last cover with the slaves, yep. I struggled with that one because the story is actually more of a detective story. It's a yep. very slow burn to the action scene at the end. Um, and, you know, initially I had the idea of the Phantom running up to the blown-out gate, so I even sketched that up and I had a few things and I'm like, I just can't get, like the tension in this, you know, and like, I was like struggling and I was actually really busy at the time as well. And I was like, Oh, you know, can you get this one done? And I'm like, yeah, I'll get it done really quickly. Um, but then, so it was just this, like, how do I get this story to speak on the cover? Um, yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was just a bit difficult um for me uh for mine i reckon like it was it was a, it was a challenging cover because like i wanted to do like a you know sort of like a half phantom half you know kit walker because he's in the disguise half the comic you know like play it up a little bit because i've drawn two phantoms you know maybe i can 
put a kit walker in there and I just I just was struggling with it. But because I had the issue, like yeah. I wanted to tell the story on the cover. So that ends up being a panel, which I think is a sort of a, a panel that wasn't in the comic but could have totally been slotted yeah. into the comic of that yeah. tension ridden moment before they go on flood, um, bomb the gates and try and liberate the the slaves in there. Yeah. So like that's how I took the challenge. And yeah. I think that's better for the audience as well. Like I used to hate comics as a kid and this is me shooting myself in the foot in terms of what I'm doing as a career right now with fan <laughs> comics. So I used to hate it when the art didn't match the cover. Yeah, right. So my way around that now is obviously my art is quite different from what's in there in the comics because they're um, you know, developed from you know, various different spots around the world yeah. with various different artists. So what I can do is control how exciting the issue should look. Yeah. And like I feel like my covers hopefully can actually sort of wet the palette of people. Like, like I know the supernatural covers aren't every, uh, sorry, supernatural fandom tales aren't for everybody, but the supernatural um, Guardians of the Galaxy cover for like a better description <laughs> is like, I hope that that gets people excited yeah, to read yeah. it because it's a pretty exciting issue. You know, like you got a woman about to be a sacrificial lamb. You got guys with like crazy horse animal heads and, you got the Phantom running through a cabin, he's trapped and he's with devil trying to find her. You know, you've got a, a woman that's being raised out of a lair, you've got a fire beast and you've got a hitman. Like, there's a lot yeah. going on in that story yeah. and it's in 32 pages, so 36 pages, sorry. I was like, there's a lot in this one, read it. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted it to be. Well, uh, and to be fair, I, I'm, I'm one of those people who don't like <clears throat> the supernatural stories a great deal, um, but I really like that cover and... Uh, whether it made me more excited to read the story or not, but I certainly loved the cover. So It did. It totally did. So, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no, it actually did. Sorry. I, Grange just winked at me if you're not listening, to, if you're not watching the YouTube. <laughs> I, you're right. It did. Um, okay. So, philosophically, then, what are you, what's your thoughts on the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover? Uh, it's, it's a little from column A, a little from column B. It's a bit of horseshit because. The fact is that a cover is by design. Um, yeah. Supposed to be eye-catching. I mean, as a, as a human race in terms of culture, we spend a lot of money on CD covers, LP covers, book covers, movie covers for some terrible content, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and There's we buy it. There's here about makeup or something, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that's where I, I thought he was going to go is, you know, makeup and, um, you know, bridal dresses. Fashion, well... Yeah, fashion and <laughs> well, stuff well, like that. Well, that's where I thought he was going to go. <laughs> well, to be fair, there, there is a bit of a truth to the, um, to the whole aspect of, like, I don't know, like, you know, when you find a, find somebody you're attracted to, whether they're, you know, mm. like as a friend or as a, a romantic um, partner or anything like that, like sometimes you don't necessarily find them attractive or sometimes you find them too yeah. attractive yeah. physically, like, or, or you don't. But then when you meet them, they might have a terrible personality and then their looks just take a nosedive. Yeah. Or yep. they, they their personality is an absolute gold mine, and then they become four yep. or five times more attractive. Yeah. So, yep. like I've experienced that in my life. So, yeah. But then you can meet people yeah. both. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. also a truism to the old saying that first impressions last as well. And so the first thing yeah. you, 
you observe when you pick up the book or the cover and, and um, you know, that ma- appeals and can make the story more appealing as well. Yeah, but, and that's like, basically I, the long way around yeah. explaining why I think I work hard to make my yeah. covers look good. I guess I feel like if you're excited going the, in, you're going to be more excited yeah. by the story. Sorry, Jermaine, yeah. I mean, well, catch yeah. No, no, that, that's half the battle is getting that kid or that person at the newsagent, because that's where most free comics are sold these days, to pick up the comic. If they can, if they pick up the comic to look at the cover, you've got the battle half won. Yeah, exactly. If they double take, yeah. If they double take and then the hand touches the comic, yeah, that's a win. They've, they've, you've won. They've basically brought it, and you've got a sale. And you know, for for fans like you know, like myself and Dan, we're probably we're going to buy it anyway because. You know, it will drive us crazy if we don't if we have an issue missing. But for a lot of the fruit buyers, it's it is the cover that um, that attracts them. And yeah, you know, you need to draw their attention to be able to pick up, you know, pick up the comic. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, the first issue, like that was my goal. Was I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock their world with this cover, like because yeah. I knew. And I hope that this doesn't sound um, arrogant or anything, but I knew that my art style was quite different. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm a bit more on the painterly side. Um, yep. And that always seems to like turn people's heads when it comes to comics, like not yeah. being traditional uh, ink, ink to work. So I was like, I'm going to have some fun with this. And yeah. I remember like when, when it came out and all the feedback was just like, what the hell is this? This is completely different. This is unlike anything Fru's done before. And, you know, like I took that as a badge of honor. Like I know not everybody, it's not, my work mm. can't be everybody's cup of tea just on the law of averages, but yeah, I wanted it to be a moment where people either took mm. notice or they took notice again yep. for the first time in a while. Well, there certainly yep. wasn't, there certainly wasn't anyone looking at it going, oh, hang on, is this a, you know, trying to go through it? Is, is this an yeah. Interlemos? Is this a Glenn Ford? Is this a Jamie? Yeah. Is this a Jeremy? Everyone knew this is a new artist. This is no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, this is the first. Because uh, you're right, it is completely different, and I don't think that's arrogant. I think that's absolutely true. You know, they're you know saying it's better because it's different. It, it's just different, mm. Um, mm. and some people will really enjoy that. Some people will be challenged by that. But the fact that you're now up to four published and more to come next year, um, yep. I think through recognise and and. Um, you know, at the end of the day, their business, and and they would only respond if the sales were good of the covers that you were producing. Um, you know, if if those four think, covers all, all yeah. bought, um, you know, you wouldn't be getting work next year. So mm. uh, the fact that you are still getting work says that the market is saying they're good too. Yeah. What it got in the top five from memory on the Chronicle Chamber um, oh. poll? Yeah, I feel like Andrew Walker when he took that mark over. Um, Carlisle, I was robbed. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't get mark of the year either. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got. Uh, you got well, sorry, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I, um, you got to um, you you, you got to share it on Facebook and, and Instagram and get more um, uh, more people to vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tried. I tried. I tried. Look, it wasn't <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a Trump style election campaign, and I didn't like overly like saturate the market with it. But, um, <laughs> it was more of a Bernie Saunders sort of like renegade campaign. Um, but uh, I honestly think that uh, the next cover, which I did a little preview, which comes out, um, I did on my Instagram and uh, Facebook page. It's definitely my best cover to date. 
It's, yep. um, so let's let's talk about that. I can't hold it up and show everybody, but um, Jermaine and I have seen, um, well, certainly the previews that you've put up on Facebook and uh, Instagram, as you say. Uh, what What is your Instagram handle let, while we give you a uh, It's just at Grange. I got in early. So well it's done. just G-R-A-N-G-E. Very I get good. tagged in some of the most nefarious, weird <laughs> stuff. Like I got tagged in a crystal market at Grange Park today. So <laughs> that's over somewhere in the States. And I was like, please learn how to tag. <laughs> anyway, um, um, yeah, and and it's it's a great um, and and again, it's it's different. You've you've got a new slant on the um, the ancestors of the Phantom. Yeah, mm. so I was really excited by this one. So this cover, like when I got the book, I was like, oh man, there's a lot going on in this, and I feel like um, Glenn and Dudley have sort of I don't know if they're pigeonholing me for uh, the supernatural stuff which is, feels like I've got like a, a grind up because Dan's like, great cover, just, yeah. just don't like the content. <laughs> but uh, so I'm really Rest. excited about this one because yeah. it's the third Phantom. And um, when I, from my, for my, um, so going back to the workflow where I get, get a, a, a dodgy translation, um, I read that and it's not like a Chronicle Chamber flashback. It's just, this is a third third phantom story as far as i'm aware right um because i don't get like the connecting issues i just like hey yeah. this is your issue go for it yeah. so i only found out today that um the um super talented jeremy uh, mcpherson did the first issue and his arts just come out so his issues are the one before mine oh right and the reason i know that is because he's drawn one of the characters i didn't draw this did his. this did arrive today. yeah so that guy there on the zebra He's uh, sort of a hench, henchman slash mini mini um, villain right. of my issue. Okay. Um, and uh, obviously, the Phantom changes his color of cloak because Jeremy and I didn't know to even discuss this. Mine's gone with a brownie red hue, and he's gone with a pale green. So yeah, he blew what his one got blown off in the desert, and he had to get a new one somewhere. <laughs> uh, that's just off off scene. Don't need to worry about that. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about this new cover because um, it's Third Phantom and for people who don't know, the Third Phantom is the one in the 16th century who famously was trying to be in the Shakespearean um, play and got the role of Juliet and then like his Phantom father forbade him from doing it. Is that where the story yeah, yeah. crumbles? Yep. And um, yep. yeah, so I just like, okay, that's a pretty funny story the third phantom's got a bit of a reputation as being a bit more dramatic and flamboyant and i was yep. like okay so 16th century third phantom i looked up a whole bunch of 16th century fashion and i decided to extend the the, the um mm -hmm. the grill marks on like the 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 phantom's top up to about half forearm around the so cuffs they're a bit longer yeah. i've made all of his jewelry um more ornate Yep. Um, and added some flourishes. I put some seams in. I actually did draw a version of the cover without the um, uh, without the glass eyes, and just more like a Billy Zane look. Mm. Um, and then I decided, look, just keep it to what it looks like in the books. Like that's like I can't explain how he can have such a cool mask in the 16th century, but hell, it looks cool. Yeah. So I just went with it. Um, and yeah, I'm really really excited by it. Like it's. I don't know what happened with that cover in the terms of I just saw like there's two women in it. Uh, one's a villain, one's his wife. There's a mad castle. And I was thinking of like He-Man and I was thinking of Indiana yeah. Jones and the Temple of Doom. And then, you know, like there's slave children in it. And there's a desert and 
I just went nuts. Like I actually yeah. went insane with it. Like I couldn't find a good picture of the castle. So I had to like draw it, um, you know, from three different versions and sort of tie it all together. And hopefully I got a pretty good mm. castle. And the other thing is the castle is in a lake of lava. So like that was fun <laughs> to draw just on the sheer premise of it. So it was like Stank Mountain from He-Man or anybody yeah. that follows He-Man. <laughs> so I was just like, this is a dream. So I, I just I can't hold it up, it. But, but I've got a, uh, a Snake Mountain um, toy play somewhere set. in a cupboard. Yeah, the play set. <laughs> oh, man, that's worth a pretty penny these days for this complete. Is it? <laughs> uh, like hundreds my, of um, my, my daughter's just started watching He-Man and Shearer and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so it's it's all ringing true as well. Man, whenever I see the intro to He Man, where he's like, and he talks about it all and explains yeah. the story, I can't help but smile and yeah. maybe like just like sort of rock in my chair with a, lot of, with a little bit of like childlike enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was pretty excited about this cover. Um, um, I'm not even looking at it, but there's just a lot going on, like. I gave him mm. the belt buckle's got a whole bunch of stuff. His ring's got a different thing. I gave him yeah, the skull crest. You bedazzled his ring. I bedazzled it. And I got in trouble <laughs> with um, some phantom collectors who shall not be named saying, the ring's never changed. I'm like, really? Because I like, in my own interpretation of the phantom, I'd yeah. like the idea of each phantom's kit, pardon the pun, being immortalized <laughs> in the in the chronicle chamber, yeah. sort of like the first phantom, his sword and scabbard and his flintlock. Yeah. That's all hanging resting there with his belt. Yeah. And like, I actually drew a um, sketch cover where all the phantoms are like these mannequins, and it's got oh. like their gun belts, and they would change over time. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, like the boots yeah, yeah. would get lower and stuff, and then that allows yeah. the phantom to you know keep progressively changing, like you yeah. know, phantom mm. twenty four to look well, and stuff. We, we we see that like you're exactly right. The first, you know, the first Phantom had a flint gun. He would have had a scarab, and then it, as technology progressed, it's pretty stupid for the twenty first Phantom to be carrying a flint gun and a um and a and a scabbard, you know, a sword as well. That just would not work. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think you're more to that. That's weaponry. But the costume uh, traditionally in all of the, the stories, and, and when I say traditionally, I think about Cyberic, because that was certainly the era that Lee Fork, I think, did a lot of... Um, Cyberic changed the stories. costume. Yeah, but but there wasn't these, um, the, the sort of costume changes that um, Grange is talking about um, the from generation to generation. They were very similar. Like the seventh Phantom, all the Junkar stories, is exactly the same dress and look as the 21st Phantom, other than the weaponry. Um, no, he had the he had the coat. There was the um, you know, there was the coat that all the past fans had. The boots, that, yeah, uh, the costume, the cost, the like the actual that. purple costume, uh, and the look of the face and all the rest of it um, has never changed. Um, the belt, you know, uh, the the boots lengthened and that sort of thing. But that that's later. I'm talking traditionally. Yeah, so you're talking about the. The, the, long johns, the long johns. <laughs> Sorry. And the, and you're talking about the long johns and the striped jocks have yeah. basically stayed the same in the cow. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, where the accessories has changed to match the error. Yeah, so I just, I just, I just like the idea of like, like, you know, like there's so much beauty and tragedy to the story <laughs> of the Phantom in my, for mine. So like, you know, no Phantom's ever met his grandfather. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. how do you how do you capture that sense of family, right? Mm. And for me, I'm like, 
each Phantom. So like there's 21 Phantom collections in the Chronicle Chamber, in my version, in my the way I see it in my head, yeah. where each Phantom gets his own sort of lot. And, you know, yeah. that's where his volumes go. But then, you know, that sense of reverence of you get to see, oh, shit, like, you know, like the 21st Phantom, we got looking at Flintlock and the sword, and you're like, how the hell did he do this? Because he's yeah. like in the future with he's got, you know, his twin pistols and like, he'll be like, mm. that sense of, you know, disconnect between how did he get this job done? Yeah. You know, back in the yeah. days of dysentery and all this other stuff. And I've got yeah. all this new tech. And I just think that that's, and it sort of evolves the character. It also deepens the character. And that's like, if I had my way of one day being able to sort of like write a Genesis of the Phantom sort of thing, it would be that sort of, yeah. you know, like, like I love like what Paul Mason's doing. And Paul Mason, like I've never really met him before. I know, knew who he was for years, but we sat together at Supernova. He's the best person. Like I was, mm. I, I, f- I felt like I was, it was an absolute treat to sit next to him. And, um, <laughs> sorry, somebody's checking in on me. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently it's bedtime. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> the, the, the that's, that, that's how I look at the Phantom. It's just like, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's pro- should, it should, it should progress yeah. and it should change. Yeah. And, and those, those subtle that. changes don't take away yeah. from the appearance of the man who cannot die. And it's always the same man because it's generations of people who are seeing him as well. And the basic description is still going to be the same. People are still going to basically, you know, the memory is going to be, oh, that's right. It was the guy in purple and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. And the it's a reputation that precedes him most of the time. That's right. That's right. And you haven't, you certainly, uh, from what I've seen of the cover, you haven't stepped so far away that the people are going to go, hang on, that mm. looks nothing like the Phantom. It's still clearly the Phantom, but you've mm. just placed him in history uh, appropriately, I think. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of fun. Like yeah. Lee Fork is famous for really researching his stories and making sure that they're as accurate to the time. Yeah. So for me, changing the fabrics of the suit and adding some flourishes to sort of ground that reality is something that I want to do as well in my version of the Phantom yeah. Yeah. because that's me trying to pay respect to Lee Falk. So, yeah. you know, like if he's going to research the stories to make them as authentic as possible, well, I'm damn well going to be re- researching the, the visuals of the period to the best of my ability. Yeah. Mm. So talking about what you said about the um, uh, the Phantom having their costumes and their belongings in the Skull Cave, there is actually precedence for that in, I think it's Diana and the Bank Robbers, which is an old Wilson McCoy story. Um, there's actually a scene, and there's been in a couple of others as well, where Diana's actually thumbing through all the old costumes of past phantoms and that's where she finds the julie walker phantom mm. costume so yeah. you know there is there is precedence of you know it sounds like dan's going to talk <laughs> <laughs> i was planning on not saying anything but yeah oh he's filling he's filling up no he's getting he's, get, he's getting yeah. the, he's getting the cars out but um, but yeah, so there is precedence of um, of of you know past uh, belongings of the phantoms, you know that yeah. that. And I remember back in the eighties and nineties that there were stories where the phantom was saying, "Oh, I've been going through Phantom X's belongings," 
and I found this, and then they use that as a segue to get into the story and stuff. Well, I, I sort of took it out of the Billy Zane movie, really. Um, yeah. So, because you know how he got his dad's belt back from yeah. the from the guy Drax. No, not Drax. Drax is the main villain. The other guy um, who he has a battle with at the start Quill. of the movie on the bridge. Quill. Yeah. So he gets the belt back, and then he puts it on a on a mantle, and I was like, "See, yes. I like that." And I and also that's whole it's the whole like Batman Batcave thing where he's got like all the previous Robins costumes, some of his old costumes next to the dinosaur and the coin. I like the idea of it being this evolving sort mm. of lair type thing that you know because the whole thing about the Phantom is history and yeah. you know how would you not have a museum dedicated to your family's exploits if you're not going to inspire yeah. the next generation? So yeah. that's why yeah, I yeah, yeah. it as well. So the thing, the thing that sorry, the thing. Just want to go back to the way you've depicted the third Phantom, and I've told you this um, as well privately. But the thing that I love about that cover is that you've individualized that Phantom. He's not just a Phantom X. You know, he's he's got personality. He's got um, he's got character. He's not just a guy in a mask. He is the third Phantom, and. And I feel sometimes when people depict Phantoms, it's the same Phantom just in a different era. But that's what I like about that cover is that you've given him personality and character. Thanks, mate. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't... I think there was a... So I think uh, Jason Paulos did a cover that I was, like, jealous of because it was the whole... Jack the Ripper story. I think yeah. that was his cover. Could be wrong. It might have been Shane Foley. Um, I've mucked up some of their, their covers before. Um, their styles are wildly different, but there's just something about the way they, they, they've both got an expressiveness to their art. Um, and it was the fact that that, I think, was also a third Phantom story and he had the high boots and he had the cape with the cloak um, going on. And I was like, oh, this is my turn. You know, like I get to do something with the third Phantom. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's rip a rabbit out of the hat here and have a red hot go. And like, I was looking at, like, I was actually thinking about like giving him a bit of a puffier costume. Like, in the 16th century was like back in the day of like King Henry VIII and, you know, like the big puffy shoulder pads pads and stuff like that. (laughs) And I was thinking about giving him like a quilted looking costume. And I was like, okay, okay, don't reinvent it. Don't don't Mm. get yourself shot in the foot. Uh, Like, don't. Yeah, don't go too far. Yeah, you, you're on your fourth cover here, mate. It's not cover 200. <laughs> so um, what I thought was, you know, some of the references that I looked up is they've got like those highly knitted like frills. So I frilled up yeah. the, the cuffs and I was like, okay, that's good enough. And then I put two seams on either side of the cow um, around the mask and I was like, that's good enough. <laughs> so, and then I just put like I designed my own skull brooch um, which has the skull, but then it has the, the mark of the good on the forehead um, mm. on the on that brooch. And now that's something I've actually incorporated in a few other drawings that I've done here, there and everywhere, including a couple of sketch covers. And I think that's like my signature yeah. thing that I'm going to do. Because, cool. Yeah. So let's, can we talk about the sketch covers for a little bit then? And, and I, I wish I had one and there was one I particularly liked and I just couldn't stretch the budget and I uh, wish I had uh, at the time, but um, the sketch covers you, you brought, I don't know, like 10 to a dozen up to supernova. Yeah. about that. Uh, and, and each of them, what I really liked about looking through your sketch covers 
is that each of them tells a story, even though they're not mm. based on a story. It's just come out of your head. And I think anyone listening to this podcast will be able to hear in the way that you explain your process um, how deep you get into the story and try to express all of all of that. And every every element is so thought through and crafted to tell part of that story. Um, and that certainly came through in the in the the sketch covers that you produced as well. Um, can you tell Sorry. us a little bit about that process about just bringing something to life from from your own imaginings? You, the, you, you mentioned the no far no phantoms met his grandfather. That inspired one of the covers. Yeah. So I'm 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 just because I've got my computer in front of me and um, I've decided I'll just bring up a couple just for my own um, just to reflect. I suppose. Yeah. Because. Um, I do like with all the ones that I took up to um, Supernova. I ended up um, doing high quality scans of them. Just my wife said, "If you don't scan every one of those perfectly," and I said, "I've taken really good photos of my iPhone." She's like, oh, "That's not good enough." Like I want you, yeah, to, yeah. you know. And, I'm like, and, oh, God. and talking to you in the lead up to that, you you loved them. You know, they were all mm. fantastic. You you were reluctant. You were a reluctant salesman. <laughs> um, well, you know what I think. I think it's because I, I've worked in sales once or twice in my, um, you know, at the start of my life um, in the working world and I didn't like selling to people if I didn't like something. So, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, selling phone contracts or selling, you know, crap really. Um, so, I think that's just something that's in me. Like, I don't want to really take money for the sake of taking money to line my pockets. Like, um I'm not saying I'm a good Samaritan and I'll work for free, but like I've done little things for like <laughs> um, for people here and there. They just like help them on their way because it's cost me nothing. And then, yeah, I get to use my experience to sort of help people out with something quickly. Yeah. But then with these covers, I was like, okay, well, if you're going to be there selling your wares to people, give them something worth your while. And they were expensive. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I know that I'm an expensive um, artist and I might price myself out with some people, but um, I wanted to give everybody that bought my covers something that was intrinsically unique. Um, I didn't mm. want them to feel like, oh, I've seen you draw like five sketch covers like this. I just think that you're devaluing the audience for that. Yep. So yep. every sketch cover I did, I was like, what's a cool thing that I want to see the Phantom doing? So like I drew one, which was like the Phantom is Mad Max sort of on a bike and, you know, like a desert sort of scenario set in the future, which was directly inspired from Batman Ground um, uh, Year Zero, which was like this story that came out last year and had Batman with a crossbow over his back and riding on a motorbike in the jungle. And I was like, well, that works. Just make mm. it your own. Yeah. So I did that. And then I drew like even some little one-off comic book panels. Like I'm looking at one now where it's one, like a young phantom holding a older phantom who's died. Mm. And I even put a caption in there, which was really stressful because I knew if I'm terrible at writing, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Um, I might be selling myself short, but I wrote, like I, I, I put a typo in one of them, surely. And then I was just like, oh God, I'm so stressed at writing this out. And like, I was trying to get it to fit into this little box that I made and like trying to get the right amount of words for the right amount of space. And, you know, it just, I wanted whoever bought these to go, hey, this is this is mine. It speaks to me. This is uniquely yep. mine. Um, and yeah, I was just sort of kind of proud proud of the the way they turned out. And it was also a bit of a nice process to reconnect with drawing traditionally. There is a there, there's light years in terms of difference between what it feels like to draw, draw um, digitally or digitally, sorry, digitally or traditionally, but 
it was just nice. I bought a whole bunch of Copics and I was just wanting to play with them and have a, have a, have a bit of an experiment. And it just was this mm. little two week process before I went up to Sydney, yeah. gave me the chance to really dig deep into Phantom, Phantom Lore and just have a red hot go. I remember messaging you guys and saying, Hey, can I do this? Yeah. Well, out of this, like, does this idea work? Yep. Yeah. Message Trevor yeah. Clark, and he's like, "No, you cannot. You can't change your Phantom Rings." And I'm like, "You're not going to love my fourth cover, then." Um, but yeah, so um, for me, of the sketch covers, the one that you were talking about of the Phantom, the young Phantom putting away his father, who's who passed away, it reminds me of the Paul Ryan one, and that one was one of my favourite covers. And then the other one was the um, the Phantom 2040. That were probably my two favourite um, of the covers that I saw of yours. The funny thing is, I was listening to one of your podcasts, um, and you guys go, "Hey, we've got exclusive access to your Patreon um, to to watch um, series two. And I was like, "Hey, I haven't seen series one," so I googled it, and you know, series one is like basically this big movie on YouTube that you can watch. And I was watching, and I'm like, "Hey, this show is pretty good." Like. Mm. It's not like if anything, like the writers were on on point in terms of like the way technology in the world was going. And then I was like, oh, now I've got to draw this. And I was listening <laughs> to your podcast, and then I was like, I'd finished up one, and I think from memory, it's the one I'm looking at now, which is one I discussed before, where um, the Phantoms gotten dressed as the Phantom for the first time, and then there's a room full of the old Phantoms costumes on mannequins, and um, he's just taking it over for the first time. And then I. Finished that one and I was like, oh, I've got to do 2040. And that's where I wanted to challenge myself with that. And ended up being um, sold to Alan and um, his daughter. And I think they both love the colors and, mm. you know, mm. the lighting. So. There was a real neon effect to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I love, I love, I love um, techno sort of, you know, like I watched Blade Runner 2049 and Blade Runner 1 um, just this week for the 77th time, I think. <laughs> just like that, 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 that. That aesthetic just really um, mm. gets me going. Yeah. So the guys who just, for your information, the guys who created 2040, they're the ones that did uh, the yeah. TV series. Neon, Neon, Neon Flux, Neon or, Flux or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I remember them all at the same time. It was a French company. Yeah. And then um, didn't the release they were on do a movie of their character? Yeah. But, yeah, wasn't very that good. That well-remembered <laughs> movie. Flop. Flop. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Hey, but look, some people put their heart and souls in that for a few months. So, yeah. Oh, the Phantom Twenties. I, I really enjoy it. Um, you know, uh, my daughter does prefer Defenders of the Earth, um, but you know, I, I enjoy both of them. You have to get past the aesthetic. Like, yeah, for mine. Like, I remember not liking it as a kid, and I watched an episode here, there, and everywhere when it used to be on late night at SBS mm. after the Max and um, Neon Flux or whatever it was called. And I'm like, oh, it's Phantom. And I'm like, oh, it's not the Phantom. And it's just yeah. like, and Defenders of the Earth, like you go and watch it now and it's like, he's the, what, 23rd Phantom or something? Uh, and he's got superpowers. Yeah. yeah. He's got no gun and he's just like, calls on like 10 different animals, like power. And just like, you know, he's strength of 10 bears or something. And it's just like, I don't mind that. I, I actually don't mind it. Like in terms of a futuristic Phantom yeah. having superpowers from some sort of, scientific thing and they do that with 2040 but yeah i just like when i was watching the card and i'm like this is too good not to draw in my own mm. style and i made the phantom a bit skinnier and way more um uh ripped like yeah. he was in that 
and just went to town and mm. great. So another piece of useless info, I hope another piece of useless information for you is Nets, so the following Monday is actually the anniversary when the first Defence of the Earth TV episode aired. Well, for other people who are needing some extra useful information, I had there was one episode of the Phantom, uh, sorry, Defenders of Earth I remembered, and I was Googling the other day, and Amazon Prime, which is available here in Australia as a you know Netflix-type thing, they've got the whole yeah. series on there for like $6 a month. And I think you get oh, your wow. first month free. So you can just go and smash it there. And my favorite episode is the one where it's the Phantom and he's got these two sons doing, you know, the feats of challenge to see who's a Phantom. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the yeah, older yeah, son yeah. ends up being a baddie and the yeah, weather yeah, wizard, yeah. Or something yeah. ridiculous like yeah. that. Yeah. But like the actual story of them battling yeah, yeah. out to be the man of the Phantom, it's very memorable stuff. Mm. That was, yeah, that was actually done as a comic book series as well, mm. in the comic books um, as well. Mm. Yeah. Dan, you got any other questions, Mark? Oh, dozens, mate. Dozens. I can't. Um, we we need to mention this one. Um, the trading card. Your trading card in the oh, Gallery yes. Series Two set. Um, yeah, don't worry about the glare. That's uh, that's 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 just what I drew in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, moves, it moves with uh, it's, it's with, a hologram. With the eye. This one. <laughs> but that that there's the artwork that I did in the Oz Comics thing that we were talking earlier. Oh, about is that it. right? And, oh, there you go. Uh, Glenn said, "Hey, that artwork's great. Can we use it?" And I was like, "Yeah, go for it." So this is literally the first um, published Phantom that you've done. That I guess in terms of age of drawing. Uh yes, it's my first professional um, Phantom drawing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so right. it's uh, 95. I've got a couple of them myself floating yes. around the office somewhere. Yeah. So that's pretty uh, – not that you're probably too – you know, you've, you've got dozens and dozens of trading cards, I suppose, but uh, to have a phantom one out, um, how does that add to the resume? No, it's a real treat. Because, um, you know, like – trading cards growing up, they were, they were huge. Yeah. And there's like, you know, like, like kids – generally went for the sports ones, but you know, every now and then someone bringing in like, like I collected the death and return of the Superman card line when I was a kid. Um, and I collected the original Phantom cards as a kid as well. Yep. I've still got them up in my attic yep. um, at my parents' place. So my attic at my parents' place. That's a weird way to put it. <laughs> but if you go up in there, all you'll see is toy boxes and all drawings. It's basically my attic. Just like, awesome I think stuff. my dad might have a golf club up there. <laughs> That's it. And uh, some of my sister's and brother's homework. But, um, yeah, it's just like I remember collecting the Phantom ones as a kid and they had those great ones that sort of, which they've redone in the series where, like, you put them all together and they make a bigger, bigger artwork. Mm. So to be a part of that legacy yeah. in any form is great. Like I was listening to the radio today. I listened to SEN here down in Melbourne, which is a sports radio yep. station. And, um, you know, people call up all the time going, oh, do you remember that great trading kit of, you know, this guy or, you know, this yeah. player back in the day? Um, you know, like trading cards mean things to people. People remember yes. them. It's just as sad yeah. they don't come with a piece of gum anymore. Yeah, well, I can't believe I've ruined this one because um, I actually got you to sign it for me down at Supernova, which uh, apparently devalues it horribly. Is that correct? Well, I so this is this is something I I can't answer because when I with the footy cards, 
if an athlete signs them or even the artist signs them, it devalues them because the whole thing with sports cards is they've got to be in mint condition and immaculate. Mm. Yeah. Whereas with an artist series of cards, if they're signed by the artists, like I don't even know if this is right or not, it probably increases the value. I it does. Know. It does. So I think it depends on what the card is in terms of its audience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But um, this it's, this yeah. card without your signature, what would it be worth, Jim? Oh, less than a dollar? Cents. Yeah, less than a dollar. Cents to a dollar. With, this, with the signature, oh, it could be... Oh. Chart, mate, it could be worth anything as much as a dollar fifty. Dollar twenty nine. Oh man! No, it's it's starting, a, to, be well, worth, it's starting to be worth less than the, the envelope and the the, the, the stamp that it goes in. No, the, but the, no, 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 in, in terms of enough that the next Patreon giveaway that we do for yes. summer, Jim is um, is going to be uh, a bunch of the trading cards signed by various artists uh, oh, from excellent. from Australia and around the world because. They're things that people can't get, you know, unless they are able to go to Supernova. Um, you know, you if you were able to go to Supernova in Sydney, you would have got, what, six, seven cards signed. Um, and and it's just uh, unique to have the card actually touched by the artist and, and the signature on there. So people, yeah, people that's true. chase that in this, in this realm anyway. Yeah. Well, mm. look, uh, in terms of answering your quick, quick question seriously, like, I'm just absolutely sure, like, when... when um, Glenn asked me, I was like, yeah, sure, go for it. I don't even think I'm invoicing for it, but um, <laughs> but I don't I don't really care. Glenn's I mean, just, just, Glenn's just, just gone, la, 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 la. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, Glenn's been so generous with, um, yeah. you know, sending me batches of cards, um, you know, he sent me posters and they, they, they always give me a few comics every time, you know, mm. I do the signature series ones and stuff. Like, the way the way I look at it with me and my work or my work and I um, is that it it's it's like when you over service any client in any job or when you do something with anybody like you know if you can go above and beyond here there and everywhere yep. you know hopefully people take that note take notice of that mm. and you get rewarded by having a longer career with these people yep. so I don't really see me doing an artwork for, um, you know, which I end up using to promote me, which has ended up giving me four covers and then a few yeah, more. And exactly. Yeah, gave yeah. me access to the fandom people and stuff like that. Like that cover, that, that artwork paid for itself. It doesn't need to be twenty times me again and stuff yeah. like that. So like it was an experiment that paid off and I'm just grateful to, to be a part of it. You know, like, yeah. like, you know, I saw Jamie doing his work. And I was like, okay, well, why can't I be doing that? Like, he's obviously not doing every cover. Like, the, yeah. the, co the covers are changing. I was like, I could put myself in the in the roster like any other employee in any other job. And you know, it was just it's just been a good experience. And you know, I love working in sport, but it's a very it's a very controlled industry. Like, the fans controlled, and you know, it's got to it's got to hit, hit hit the right marks, but it's different. Like I get to be creative in the way that I was creative as a kid again. So, yeah. um, you know, like I can bring my imagination out to play and, you know, like there's no hard and fast rules um, in terms of hundred percent likeness accuracy every time. So, yeah. um, uh, it's just, it's just been a joy. I think I just rambled then, but thanks for listening. Um, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> 
it's just, so, it's, it's, it's just good fun. It's just like I've said this mm. to Dudley and Glenn and hopefully none of my clients, other clients really listen to this, but sometimes no matter how busy I am, if I get a cover come through, I've like literally just dropped what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to work on this for like an hour. And yeah. then all of a sudden I've finished it and I'm like, oh God, I finished it. And I didn't even get it approved by them. You know, <laughs> luckily it's gone through, but it's just, it's just, there, there's a lot of fun drawing the fandom. There's a lot of fun mm. um, working with Glenn and Dudley. And, um, and that's what comics should be. You'd hope so. Yeah. But God damn, yeah, there's a lot of people it, that go yeah. nuts about it. Yeah. Oh, you know, and you know, there's, there's fair enough to have passion and stuff like that and to be, you know, get upset when stuff doesn't go the way you want it and all that. But at the end of the day, comics are fun. With a pH, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. With pH. How yeah. else would you spell it? Um, the, but it's Not like with Jeff Weagle. Remember Jeff Weagle's great, um, mm. extraordinarily candid speech at um, the Lee Fork Memorial dinner? Like, yes. I actually. I'm not sure if anyone noticed, but I, I, I teared up on that. He's talking about the hardships that he's had <laughs> trying to get into the industry. Um, you know, his wife happened to be supporting with, um, you know, situational changes after the GFC and a few things like that. And um, I know I mentioned it earlier um, regarding my own uh, health problems a couple of years ago, but that really knocked me down and um, it took me a long time to build myself back up physically and uh, mentally and, you know, to get the gumption to, like I was ready to throw drawing away and just getting a job and just like leaving that nine to five existence and, you know, buying a house, having kids and then hopefully, you know, not regretting anything. Yeah. But, you know, then the fire reawoke in me and, you know, one job here, another job there. And I fell back in love with my work and Glenn, and Jeff's story really hit me. And I actually got mm. a little bit emotional listening to it. But the thing that he finished on was this great story about um, Greenland being turned into Parallax in the 90s and how, like, Greenland was his favourite comic book character and it's really aggravated that um, DC had the gumption to take down their biggest one of their biggest heroes and turn him into a massive, mass-murdering ultra-villain. And then he made a promise to all of us, fans and fans, with a PH, that, you know, as long as I'm, you know, one of the the wardens at the gate of the thing that you love. I'm never going to muck around with your guy. And I too would like to make that promise as well. One day Um, publicly, maybe if I could have access to a podcast or some sort of video interview or something, (laughs) I'll be able to do it. But, um, but yeah, so it's just, you know, these things are important to people Mm. and you've got to treat Mm. them with respect, you know, like sure. I might, you know, tickle my own fancy and give the phantom a, like bedazzled ring, ring <laughs> and had some flourishes, but like that's 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 my goddamn yeah. being right as an artist. But at the same time, I don't want to be cannon breaking. I don't want to mm, rip sure. anything. Yeah, I don't want to like yeah, yeah. You know, like be an angry child in a stage play that just rips down the scenery. Yeah. I just you know, yeah. it's it's just yeah. a little bit of joy for me. Hopefully, you guys can respect it. And, and yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely um, agree. That 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 would be a lovely note to end on if I didn't have to say a massive thank you for one thing, um, and that's obviously I can't believe it's taken us this long to mention it. But um, Grange, you're responsible for the the new artwork that we have for Chronicle Chamber, the logo that we've got for the podcast, um, and we now use it to the point where I worry that we are saturating our our homepage <laughs> with it because uh, we just love it so much. The um, really appreciate the work that you did for that. It's um, it turned out magnificently, and um, 
yeah, it's it's been a wonderful rebrand for us. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I'm still going to give you guys that card of the um, original. My little sketches. I did, had a little. Oh, thing. that's right. Yeah. yeah, because you you showed us a bunch of the concept sketches and um, looked like they'd been drawn in biro. To be honest, <laughs> on they a, were. Like, I used to love drawing in biro because yeah, when right. I used to work at um, in the call centers back when I was like in my early twenties. I used to just sketch on like post-it notes. I've actually got a little volume of post-it note sketches. Um, but yeah, it's um, it was it was a pleasure doing it for you guys. I like I remember seeing your stuff here, there, and everywhere. Um, and I was looking at, and you had a few different artworks and pictures that you've obviously um, thrown together from different areas from how long Chronicle Chambers has been going. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like when I approached you guys about potentially doing it and um, you guys were happy to put it in motion, that I thought, you know, bring the branding together, just, you know, tighten it up a little bit and um, have that one unique look. And it was just something I've been thinking of ever since I saw your um, podcast come up on my feed and then when I started listening to it, I was just like, yeah, one day I'll ho- hopefully I can help these guys and work with these guys and collaborate with them to create something that's uniquely mm. theirs. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's away from every other phantom. Like, I don't think it looks terribly like my... Like, it, uh, it's, it's my artwork, but... There's something about that phantom. I don't necessarily think he looks like too many. He looks like all phantoms, but then no phantoms. Yeah. So yep. then he becomes your yeah. phantom. Yeah. So yeah. that was something I, I honestly considered. But it was a pleasure working with you guys. And it's based off the original Monkeys Melbourne yeah. design, but then I've sort of sharpened it up and make it look mm, realistic. Yeah. So that way, and that yep. was Joe Douglas, obviously, who, who founded the site. That was his photo and, and image probably just from his collection or whatever it was on his desk at the time. And it was iconic for us for a long time, but for you to actually adapt it, you know, Phantom with those, uh, the headphones over the top, um, just, I just really love it. And uh, Germ, you, you may be able to qualify this a little bit, um, but I think there's a bit of Don Newton about it actually. When I, um, when I look at that image, um, I feel there's a bit of a hint of Don Newton. Yeah. There's this um, famous Don Newton panel where he's got the, it's the same, it's the front on, and he's got the same look, um, yeah. and it was probably one of my most fam- one of my most favourite Don Newton panels. And, and I've never and said um, that to you before, Grange, yeah. because I've never really thought about it before. But sitting here thinking mm. you know, about that panel, I think, well, yeah, the the, the image yeah. you created for us. Um, there's certainly you you talk about it being a classic. It it is. It, it's uh, it's not over the top. It's perfect for us. Is what I'm is Thanks. what I'm getting at. <laughs> it's always good yeah, to get no, good feedback. Yeah, we but, really appreciate it, and no, um, no. we've had a lot of good feedback from yeah. um, from our viewers and supporters and stuff like that as well. Great. So. Well, I'm glad that we could all come together on it because, um, yeah, I, I, I listened. Um, like I remember after you launched it, I was listening to one of the podcasts after, thereafter, and you guys thanked me for it, and I was like, I felt a little bit chuffed. So no, cool. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a pleasure, and you know, you guys yeah. are spending your time. I know that you guys don't um, make terribly like it's not like it's a sustainable outside of being a maybe a self-sustainable endeavor <laughs> yeah. to bring as no. much random news. Basically, to yeah, yeah. Basically, the Patreon pays the bills, but it doesn't. It, it self-sustaining doesn't, is the perfect term. No, yeah. but, but to be to be to to clarify your point, Jermaine, I'm sure yeah. you mean the 
Chronicle Chamber's yeah. bills, not your personal no. gas yeah. and water <laughs> yeah. and internet. Uh, I'll, I'll I'm sure they're out of no. your own uh, budget. Yeah, yeah, they are. yeah. So the Patreon supporters pay for like the domain names, you know, the domain name costing, the hosting, the G drives, which hosts all the Patreon, you know, um, uh, the P3 and and, and then and, you know Buzzsprout costs, you know, that yeah. you've got all the yeah. podcast hosting and stuff like that. So. Patreon pays those. Yeah, yeah, I spend about like 50 bucks a month on my website, my Dropbox, Mm. so I can give my work off to my clients. Yeah. The internet. Yeah, all those things. Like, I can basically pay 100% of my internet fee just because of, like, with the tax man, um, because all all, all it's doing is uploading stuff and, you know, supporting my website and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's expensive to, to be online. And, and and as we have have got a couple of extra Patreon supporters on board, and we'll go through these guys after after the outro in the outro, I suppose. But um, it's been able to let us do cooler stuff with the website, <clears throat> like like this video. Um, we haven't been able to have this reliable video to put up on YouTube before, and and we wish we had of you know back when we were, uh, you know what is pre fifties when we were interviewing Cyberry or fifty three, something like that was the first podcast we interviewed Cyberry. We would yeah, have that would have been great. This yeah. video for him as well. But uh, you know, thanks to Patreon supporters coming on board, we're able to do this sort of thing now. So mm. um, you know, self sustaining and, and hopefully improving the the overall product of the, the website yeah. podcast. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and that's the thing, like some like you see people developing content um, on the internet. And, you know, like they're asking for help and support because these things do take time. Like, it, you know, like when I'm doing, like people sometimes like chat, chat request me, like going, draw this picture of this or blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, sure. But, you know, I'd just be doing it with my own private time and I can't sell it because it's, you know, like mm. it's a trademarked character or yeah. it's an athlete's likeness or it's got logos on it that I can't really portray. And it's just like, I'll be just doing it for you to have as your iPhone wallpaper. <laughs> but then that's like six or seven hours of my life and there's no guarantee you're going to like it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a risk and we, we just hope that everyone enjoys the content that we make. And yeah. That's about it. Definitely. Definitely. Right. So right. on that note, Dan, how, yeah. how could people support us on Patreon? Well, we'll, we'll go through that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need, Grange, before we, we wrap up, I think we need to give you, you've mentioned um, a couple of your, um, you know, ways people can get in to- contact with you or see your work on Instagram and, and all the rest of it. Have you got a, have you got a range of um, ways for people to get in touch with you if they want to commission a, uh, a sketch cover or, get in touch with you about any of your fan work or, or see your, your artwork in general? Um, look, I'm always available online at my own detriment in terms of my professional output. But, um, you know, the rabbit hole starts at grangewallace.com. Um, there's links to all my social pages, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that, um, from my um, page as well as just being able to go to my portfolio and have a look. Um, in terms of covers, sketch covers, I've got four sketch covers that I haven't finished yet. Um, so I'm, I'm already building up a bad reputation with myself about not getting them out there quickly enough. Mind you, one customer sent me three, so like he, he, he did load me up. Is he, um, well. is he, oh, I was going to say, I, I thought he might be part of this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you mind no, shaking no. his head? No, no, no. Um, I've got an idea. I've got an idea for you to do a, uh, a sketch cover for me. Though. Yeah, it's, uh, you're gonna have to wait until after the grand final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, feed my, I'll, feed, <laughs> I'll feed my family with that idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that was a joke. I, there's actually no pressure. I'm like, thinking, I, like yeah. if people want to commission a cover with me, I'm happy to do it. But yeah. Paul Mason and I have discussed this whole sort of scenario of like, you want to do it, oh. but then you're like, you're nervous about like charging and putting it all over. Like, it's weird because I've been a professional artist for ages. When it comes to a company, I'm like, that's my fee. Yeah. And yeah. I'm fine with it because that's a company of people paying. Yeah. Um, and Commonwealth within that company. But when it comes to private collectors and stuff, like I understand what it's like to balance, you know, yeah. the proverbial checkbook. Um, so like there's no pressure and like I don't want everybody to feel like if you're going to talk to me, I'm going to be like, why haven't you bought anything yet? So like that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not my jam. But um, having said that though, I'm always happy to take a commission. But um, yeah, just just up to you guys. If you, if you, if you want to do it, and that's, that's it. No pressure. I'm hopefully going to be here for a long time. And um, I could be doing this when I'm 90 in Tiberi, just pumping out commissions and get my son to put it in the post from New York City. Yeah. <laughs> on, on whatever social media platforms available at that stage. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. I'd hate to see what the internet will be like in the future. Oh, God only knows. We'll probably be well, hope, hopefully, Yeah, hopefully we've calmed down a little bit. And well, out <laughs> I don't think that 40-year-old Cy Barry would have had any idea how he was going to be selling his artwork when he was a 90-year-old. Man, his line work is still tight. I don't know how he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, mate, thank you very much. Uh, is there anything else? Is there any, it's been a – again, we always say it's going to be a, an hour or so. And an hour yeah, it's been two. So. Yeah, it always is. Um, is there anything we haven't covered that you wanted to bring up? It's not or? our fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> Hey, I didn't stop you. Um, I'm just as equally to blame. Um, anything's uh, no, not really. Um, yeah, no, I'm just here, just drawing pictures for a living. Um, hopefully, I'll see you all in Sydney. I have a stack of comics that was sent to me the other day, which may or may not be the originals of the of the covers that I've got to recreate. So Oh the Ibis. Uh, yeah. So I can't <laughs> see I don't know if you can see the covers from the way I'm oh. holding it here, but that's them. Oh, that's the back covers. Oh. Well we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I I I know exactly what it is just by the back covers. By the back covers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll, that will be real art. It won't be uh, advertising. Yeah. I might have oh, that's about. all real art. That's all great art actually. Do I do I need to bleep that out, uh, Grange? Yeah, bleep. You know it what? Out. They've officially bleep. given me the job. Let's see what happens. Bleep <laughs> okay. it out. I'll get to bleep keep those comics at least. Bleep it out just to annoy the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will do that. All right. It's been printed in over twenty years, apparently. Right. Yes. Well, that that is the rule of thumb that they go by, and I like it. So yeah. Mm. And that's where I'm going to stick out. All right. So good, so good I story. thought that was a bit of fun just showing the back covers because the only bit, you know who's probably be able to get that David Buddy, who I like to call the Buddy. He uh, <laughs> he'll probably go back through his scans. I went over to his house once and he showed me his whole collection. He's like, make sure you bring a thumb drive. I brought a thumb drive and it came back with all the fruit covers oh, wow. on it. So I've got a treasure trove of um, scan covers that he's all done by himself. So thank That's you, David. That's fantastic. So he might be smart enough to be able to get through all those covers and figure them out. 
Well, if nothing else, if, if people have been sitting here in the, in the car or uh, on the commute into work, whatever, listening to, listening to us uh, on the podcast, the traditional form, if nothing else, surely that's a little bit of sugar to go and have a look at the, uh, the YouTube at around the <laughs> two-hour mark um, just to, just to check those back covers. <laughs> we'll, we'll double our YouTube hits thanks to that. Thanks, mate. Well, I've got to say, you know, you guys always say it's going to be an hour and it's, it's not, look, I'll be honest with you. Like the fan, if you guys run a pirate ship, the Phantom would attack you because you don't run a tight ship. Because <laughs> um, like I've watched, I've listened to some of your podcasts, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've been listening to this for two hours. Like I'm not having, not, uh, it's not like I'm not having fun, and I've listened to the whole thing. But I'm like, golly, I've done a complete artwork in this time. <laughs> Hopefully you're sitting there going, where did the time go? Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, it's not yeah. our fault. It's not our fault. It's just these artists, just creators, just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, well, <laughs> we don't talk to anybody else. Like I've been dying for you know conversation all day. My wife's just flown out to um, the UK for a week for work, so I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all. People like it. People like listening to um, creators and and learning their process and learning how they do things and what makes them tick and stuff. And so, I think for stuff like that, people are a little bit more forgiving for longer podcasts. Very good. Well, um, hopefully, the messiness of my office hasn't put anyone off. But I'm in the <laughs> transitional stage of my life where I'm moving into a new house, mm. and so half of my stuff is in storage. It's crazy. Is the reason why you got the, the blinds down behind you or the, the blanket over the window so that way we don't see like the sun going down at the start of the podcast and the sun going back up at the end of the podcast? Um, I honestly don't know how to answer that. <laughs> uh, that's, that, 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 that blind, that makeshift blind is just there to cover the glare that hits my sunscreen, uh, hits my screen at three o'clock in the afternoon. So, um, my back's facing uh, due west. Wait, right in the east, it's in the west. Yeah, so yeah, due west is at my back. Um, so yeah, in the afternoons it gets a bit glary. Mm. Fair enough. Well, on that note, mate, <laughs> well, we might wrap it up. Um, yeah, well, that we definitely dried out the conversation. We've been talking yeah, about yeah. blinds and sunsets. I'm, so I'm going to <laughs> back it up a little bit in the editing process, or, or I won't. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate your time tonight. It has been a deep dive and um, I've been looking forward to it um, since we chatted in the lead up to Supernova. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation and, and meeting you on, but on the Friday night um, in particular while we're waiting for Bradley and Joyful to finally turn up back at, uh, back, back at the McCure. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic meeting you and uh, finding out more about um, your history of the Phantom and um, your process and, and stuff in particular. Uh, really appreciate your time tonight. So uh, no, thank pleasure. you very much. No, uh, thanks, thanks, guys. Um, thank you. you know, thanks, thanks for giving um, myself and other artists like me a platform to discuss um, things with the community. You know, bring a bit of insight into our work, whether or not um, we're doing it the right way or the wrong way, and um, you know, like. I don't think that there's any of the artists that I've met that take this as a lightly given opportunity. Mm. So um, being able to talk with the audience, you know, directly or indirectly in this kind of format, you know, it's it's a treat because I'd never write a blog post two and a half hours long. So, um, you know, 
if, if it's an entertaining conversation, I hope everyone's enjoyed what I've had to say and my feelings on the Phantom. I hope everyone's really excited about the new cover. I'm really excited about it. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but I think it's some of the best work I've ever done on a professional capacity or a private capacity. Um, and I'm really, really proud of it. And I just hope, um, you know, the next genesis of my cover work moving forward is just as good. And I hope you all get around it. And thanks again. Thank you. Right, Jim. So, Grange Wallace um, hasn't hasn't got a huge body of work um, that we've heard from other um, artists that we've spoken to and that sort of thing. With the four, but 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 a substantial cover of work nonetheless. The four covers now covers coming out next year. The trading card we talked about, and um, you know, one of the most important things being obviously Chronicle Chamber branding. Um, I really enjoyed talking to Grange. That was fantastic. Yeah, he he's a top bloke. He's you know, he's easy to talk to, he's easy to get along with um, and probably easy to drink with as well. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, I, I enjoy talking to the, you know, different artists and different creators and stuff, learning about how they think, how they process, how they do the things that we dissect and we have yeah. fun with. Um, and, and he was as open yeah. as anyone we've ever talked to, I think, in terms yeah. of his process and taking us from... A through to Z and B, C, D mm. and all the rest of them in between. And I'm not saying that in any sort of a negative way, Grange. I don't, don't think that I've, no, I'm saying you've overspoken about it or anything. I loved hearing about every step of the process yeah. and, um, you know, how he, how he really thinks about every single image that he draws. Mm. Mm. It just goes to show, and he even said at the end of the conversation, I think, you might have recorded that. I can't remember. But you said about everyone that is taught to has that endearment, that that care for the character, and that they like what he said. With uh, he echoed what Jeff said in his um, speech at the dinner. You know, he's here to make yeah the character better. Make you know to you know not to ruin our hero, but to you know. Add years to the to the hero's life and and, stuff. and really build on it with his own take yeah. and I and I do like the the idea <clears throat> and and um, I guess I'd never really thought it through too much about the the costume changes and the gradual progression of that and and uh, he really placing a particular phantom in that time, time frame period so yeah. you could tell at a glance which phantom that was um, yeah. that individualistic nature of of the character uh, or, or of that, that character within the legacy, I guess, of the hero. Yeah, 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 definitely. I've, it was interesting because on Facebook today there was actually someone who wasn't part of that private conversation that we had, but he picked up on it straight away that, ah, oh, this is about, this is the third fandom and the third fandom had the, was in the drama club. I guess you could call it, <laughs> you know, so he's got that natural. He's in the he's Globe Theatre with William Shakespeare. I mean, that's, it's a little bit more than drama club. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he will have that natural flair and that's what he's portrayed in the image of the third phantom. So, you know, there was a, there was a phantom fan that picked up on what Grange was trying to do. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, I think that's important because it, and people it helps give yeah it helps give uh, credibility to what he's done as well and that there is fan fans out there that will appreciate it you yeah. know there are going to be the odd one like trevor that's going to get a bit upset about the bedazzled ring but you know 
He is a Collingwood supporter, so... Uh... And, and hello, Trevor, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, look, uh, really appreciate the time of Grange tonight. We've, we, yes. we do have um, uh, lots to talk about in the fandom world and, and we hope to produce... Uh, hopefully, we've actually released mm. the Comics and News podcast by the time this one comes out. Um, that's, that's in the plans, but with... Uh, Stephen overseas and uh, term three coming to a conclusion term three being a massively busy term uh, football season's coming to a clu- conclusion and both of us still in the finals there's lots going on in our non-phantom lives at the moment um, so um, really appreciate the support of people whether that's uh, by giving us um, some sort of financial contribution through the, the Patreon and we've, we talked about in the podcast about how that can certainly help what we do um, or, or even just the comments that we receive from time to time um, on Facebook or Messenger or any of the other the social platforms to uh, engage with the content that we're putting up or, or to just flick us a thanks or whatever for um, it's a conversation that they've enjoyed. It really is. It means a lot. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it uh, can't can't undersell. Um, Feeds our ego. Yeah, I, I, well, ego. It, it uh, it's nourishment for the soul is a Chris Fagan <laughs> quote that I uh, that I really love, um, and uh, it certainly does that. Uh, for me anyway. So uh, thank you very much to anyone who's uh, given us a shout out or a, uh, you know, some support in, in whatever way it is. Um, Patreon is obviously one of the ways that you can show that uh, financially with dollars as we've, as we've spoken about. And we really appreciate all of those. Hope you enjoyed the, um, the giveaway that happened at the start of spring. Um, Jermaine filmed that with his gorgeous daughter, Abigail, um, drawing the, the name of the winner out of the hat. Remind me who that was again, Jer? Callum. Callum Markin, and uh, thank you very much, Callum, for um, you know all of your support, and congratulations on winning the Hermes Press book that uh, was the prize there. And thank you especially for living close to Jermaine, so we don't have to pay for postage to get that to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, mean, I was like, Callum, yes, don't have to post it. <laughs> <laughs> and then even the better thing is, is when I give it to him, I can basically get a photo of him as well, and I have to rely on. They That's have to right. rely on them to give us a photo later on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, uh, look, the, the link to Patreon is at the top of our homepage, uh, chroniclechamber.com. We, we hope that you're checking that out regularly. I, I would love to be putting more content up there on a regular basis, but as I say, Turn 3 has been insane, and so I'm not writing as much for the website as I would have hoped, and, and I hope to pick that up a bit um, over the September holidays and uh, into Turn 4. Um, the other benefit, of course, of being on Patreon as a $5 a month uh, contributor is that you have access to the Phantom Preservation Project, uh, which, again, Grange talked about during the uh, the podcast there and, and when we drew more out of him, I suppose, um, in terms of things that you can access there and uh, Phantom 2040, the uh, second series, uh, second season, uh, was is certainly one of the, uh, the highlights of the P3. Have you got a particular favourite part of the P3 thing, something that you're quite proud that we've been able to um, uh, pres- preserve, hold on to and, and store for, for people to look at, Jim? Uh, probably season two of 2040, but also the Friends of the Phantom newsletter, like Pete, who who's helped us with a lot, he didn't even have all of the ones. Pete Klaus, yeah. Pete Klaus, who helped create them, he didn't even have copies of all... 24 or 25 so yep. for us to now have the complete set you know there's not many people out yet actually 
That might well, maybe that's due to be the next uh, yeah on Patreon is to finish that set. There's about seven or eight, I feel like. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we eventually will have the complete set yeah. online, yeah. and you know, up until recently, there was there was not many people who had the complete set. Yeah, digitally or hard copy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, make sure that you you check that out. You can have a you can have a look at least at the index of what's in there and make your own mind up yep. as to if there's anything there that you would be interested in going to have a look at or get a copy of. Uh, as I said, that's all available on our website at chroniclechamber.com. Um, make that your homepage. Why not? Uh, you can email us with any ideas or suggestions or comments about at uh, chroniclechamber at gmail.com or, of course, via our social media links. Uh, we're probably most active on Facebook, to be honest, on the – is it still called the Chronicle Chamber Fan and Fan page or have I just copied it? Chroniclechamber.com. Chroniclechamber.com if you search for that on Facebook. Um, and also we're big in the Phantom Collector group if you want to search that one up. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram as well. Twitter is at Chronicle Tweets, Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. Um, and look, if, you, if, you, if you've just come along to listen to the Grange podcast and you've enjoyed the way that this has gone because you're a massive Grange Wallace fan or you love your AFL cards and you've picked up on this somehow, um, but you've enjoyed it and you might love to delve back into the fandom world, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcast app is, whether it's Podbean, uh, Player FM, what are these other ones? Castbox, Listen Notes, whatever it is. Uh, I don't think we're on Spotify. I did search us up on Spotify and we weren't there. So I've got no idea what's involved in getting us there. Probably money. Um, so um, maybe one stage we, we might get ourselves on Spotify as well. But uh, in the meantime, um, Jermaine, it's, it's been another longer podcast. But gee, it's always just so entertaining talking to fandom people and fandom creators in particular. It is, mate. Fandom fans like to talk fandom. Yeah, they do. And, and hopefully there's enough Phantom fans who like to listen to us talk about Phantom that you've enjoyed this podcast. So uh, as always, Jermaine, thanks very much for your time today, mate. Um, have fun with your Winnie the Pooh and uh, Tigger mural there. <laughs> I hope you're not sleeping in the princess room. <laughs> yeah, and uh, happy Phantoming. Yeah, as absolutely. Shirt, so. We're in the uniform tonight. So happy Phantoming, everybody. <laughs> See you, guys. The Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom. He finds you. Phantom!